Keeping it real with Jerry Lawrence. Yeah. It's been a long time coming. But you know what they say, Kanye. Slow motion better than no motion. I walked in the crib, got two kids and my baby mama late. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. So I had to did what I had to did, cause I had to give. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I'm up all night, getting my money right, until the bloom of whites. Now the money coming slow, but at least a nigga know slow motion better than. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. You love to hear the story, again and again. About these young brothers from the city of Wan Like juice and gin in the city we bland Amongst the hustle, titties and scam, fifties and rams Y'all know the sweet wells and trucks, this detail Heartless females that wanna ride in them Felt the south side venom and raw hides and denim Pimp minds collide with them, a system that tries victims We living in, my man in the fast lane, pivoting On the block, white is selling like Eminem on the block, you jump off like Kim and them. On the block, it's hot, you can feel it and you're skinning it. Shorties get the game with no instructions to assemble it. Eyes bright, it seems like the fight is dimming them. Call my man Cuzzo like I'm kin to him. He trying to stay straight, the streets is spinning him. I walked in the crib, got two kids and my baby mama late. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. So I had to did what I had to did, cause I had to give. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I'm up all night. Until the bloom of whites. Now the money coming slow, but at least a nigga know slow motion yeah. than Welcome to Keeping It Real with Jerry Lawrence. I had to let that one ride out for a minute. Shout out to Common and Kanye. That was the old Kanye right there, man. That was when he was really spitting, man. He had a message. It wasn't this, this Kanye that we have right now, which I'm going to get into a little later. But without further ado, I'm going to get right to it. I got a phone call to make. I know I've been missing in action for a week. Yo. This is D'Angelo Fletcher. He's in the building. What's poppin'? Not much, man. I was just saying, uh, I've been missing in action. I took a week off from the podcast. I was very busy last week. I actually was supposed to have one of my friends on. Shout out to my homegirl, Kalina. She was supposed to come on here, and we were going to talk about uh, Bumble, which is a dating app. I don't know if you are right. familiar with it, but yeah, we were going to do like a full breakdown of it from a guy and girl's perspective and uh, kind of our experiences with it, but she kind of left me hanging at the last minute. So hopefully one day in the future I can get her on and we can still do the Bumble episode. But um, did you got set up on Bumble? I'm on Bumble. I'm on Bumble. Uh, I had a friend tell me about it. I had made a post on my birthday on Facebook about, I said, sorry, everybody is taking me so long to thank you guys for the the birthday wishes, but um, I've been spending too much time on Tinder and Facebook dating. So after that, somebody <laughs> had commented and they're like, yo, you got to get on Bumble. So I'm on yeah. Bumble now. Um, It's actually, I like it. It's pretty cool. Like the women got to message you first. So it's, it's a different perspective there. And um, yeah, it's, I feel like they take it a little more serious on Bumble. So yeah, I, Bumble. I, I, I I thought it was a little bit more exclusive too. I like, don't you have to like apply to be a part of it? And no, accept no. it or approve. You're talking about um, that celebrity version of Tinder. I don't even know what it's called, but there's like this celebrity version of like one of those dating apps where it's like you have to be famous to be on it. Uh, I, I, I don't even know the Bumble name was. of it, but I've no, I've heard of the one you're talking about. I don't know it by name, but yeah, that's a celebrity one. Bumble's just All where right. the the women have to message the men first. Yeah, so it's kind of like it puts the uh, pressure on them 
to start the conversation because, you know, normally it's up to us to start it. So it's cool because you kind of get to see, like, what kind of game these women have where a lot of times they get on us because we send, like, a, a, a weak first message, like a hey or something, and then when they got to send right. the first message, it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> you see that they don't really, you know, they don't really have the the game, like the cleverness. Some of them do, but I think a lot of them message just like the guys do. That's funny. But, yeah, man, I had to call you because I was, I was trying to get my other boy on here to talk a little Biden and uh, Kamala Harris. Uh-huh. And, and he claimed he didn't want the smoke because he was going to be a little too critical of uh, Kamala, which I don't mind. Like, I want a ba- I want a back and forth, some banter. I uh-huh. told him that's what I wanted, but I guess he was kind of scared of the smoke that, you know, the cancel culture has a lot of people scared right now. Right. But uh, you did a you did a show called Real Talk from the Cheap Seats. So I figured you know you wouldn't be you wouldn't back down from this. And uh, I I I know you won't back down from this because we were talking earlier in the text, and I'm trying to give you the topics, and you're ready to discuss then. And I'm like, yo, let's save yeah. it for the show. Like I you- mean, the, the the one thing you can say it's definitely a historical moment, right? So it's very difficult because you you know you, we're at this point like you, you can't say you won't be able to say anything negative about her, especially in the media because she's the first, you know, uh, African-American female to be considered for the role of vice president. So to say anything negative about her would be like lighting a match. Well, you'd be surprised. A lot of people have been negative. That's the funny thing. Like, I've seen a lot of negativity. That's not, it's probably 50-50 right now. Yeah, I mean, I would say as people that not necessarily in the mainstream, you know, when you're in the mainstream, it's different. Yeah, Everybody's going to talk positive. Well, Trump came out firing today. He's the only one that does not, you know. He don't care. He don't, yeah, yeah. He doesn't care. He came out. They had like a little, uh, uh, what was that, rebuttal ready after they announced last last night. Uh, him, He had his campaign drop something about her, calling her a phony and all this, and took some more shots at her today. Yeah. So, yeah, he does not care. Um, Wanted to get your thoughts on it, though. Like, what was your opinion when Biden named Kamala his running mate for vice president. So, you know, I think Joe Biden is doing a lot to buy votes. Hmm. So to say, you know, it's one of those things like about a week ago, maybe it was two weeks ago, there was a a caucus of uh, prominent African-American males or American figures that got together. It's basically, you know, they basically put the gun to his head and said, if he didn't pick an African-American female, his foot was already to the fire as far as that goes and even then we didn't trust that he still was going to do it i think he always he always had the plan of it but it was about picking the lesser two evils i think there was three three of the women there was eight total and i think three of them actually had some affiliation with police and you know right now that's a real that's a real hot topic could be you know affiliated with the police so uh, what made him go Kamala? I don't know. That that's the part that was surprising. I thought for sure he would go Susan Rice. He can't af- afford to to surrender the black vote. So, but I have a I have a um a theory. I think that he waited to do the Kamala pick. I think he wanted to do Kamala pick her all along. But I think because of all the the stuff going on in the country with the the police brutality and the George Floyd thing, Absolutely. I think he had to wait it out a little bit. But I think yeah, Kamala was the top choice for him. But it wasn't going to be the right time to pick her back in like June or July. I and, and I mean, and also it plays a difference like days away from election now, so they have the least amount of time to be you know scrutinized by Trump and Trump's campaign. So, well, that's they, the they 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 waited to the last possible moment. I think that was I think that played a big role in it as well. 
I still think she's going to be scrutinized a lot. I mean, the attacks are already coming out in full force. So, yeah, um, but I mean, he's he's going to run out of time. He, I don't know how much time he was spend put to that. You well, know? apparently, she's supposed to debate Mike Pence in October coming up. So, she's going to be on the national stage. I don't think Pence can hang with her in a debate. I think Kamala is just a really good talker. Uh, she's a former prosecutor, so you already know she knows how to bring the heat. Yeah. Former uh, district attorney. Yeah. Like it's yeah, she's she's gonna be a tough out in the debate. But uh yeah, they're gonna they're gonna come at her pretty hard on her record. Um that's been the, a lot of the the criticism on her is her her record as a prosecutor, which i I'm still in, I mean, this is the early stages, so I'm probably gonna talk about it more each week as I learn more and more about her. But just from doing like a quick overview of her, I did not think her record was as bad as people made it seem. Yes, she prosecuted, she put a lot of black men in jail or black people in jail. But when you look at some of the numbers, she was not as hard on marijuana as, as they made it seem, at least from what I've researched so far, seems like she was willing to um, give, give kind of a break on it. There was a good opinion piece today. It was called public defender. I worked with Kamala Harris and she was the most progressive DA in California, which I saw another piece that came out. That's kind of going at this one, a rebuttal to this. And they're like, yeah, you can be the most progressive in California when you're in San Francisco. Like, it doesn't take much because you're already in San Francisco. So they're right. not they're not denying that part, but they did kind of attack some of the stuff that was said in this piece. But right. I didn't hear a lot about like the you know marijuana use. I, I heard a lot of the criticism about her was based on um, her leniency on prosecuting police officers. She didn't ask for police the. Officers. The death penalty in one of the cases. Yeah, and especially police officers that were involved in shooting unarmed people. So Oh, that's, that that's part, really, yeah. I did hear about that's that. That's really where her hot topic is. I did hear about that. Um, I did, but this one said, you know, the marijuana, and when she was the prosecutor, the marijuana sales cases were routinely dis, re, uh, reduced to misdemeanors. Marijuana possession cases were not even in the court, on the court's docket. They were simply yeah. not charged. And unless there was a large grow case or a unique circumstance, uh, this was the reform-minded approach that then D.A. Harris's office took. So I guess that was when she was district, district attorney. She had a little bit more power at that point. Yeah. But, yeah, a lot of people are mad about – I mean, it just seems like you can't have it both ways. People are mad that she didn't ask for the death penalty in the case where a police officer was killed. Then they're mad that she didn't go hard enough – in cases where police were at fault, say what you want to say about her as a district attorney. I will say this. Once she got to the Senate, she's tightened up a little bit. She's gotten a little more liberal. Um, I don't know if you were aware of this, but she helped write the First Step Act. I don't know if you're aware uh, of the First Step Act. Uh-uh. Basically, it's like reform on crime, like a crime reform bill. You know, Trump is getting a lot of props right now for the prison reform yeah, but they're, oh, yeah, yeah. they're they're trying to ref do a crime reform bill too, so she's part of that, and she doesn't. That, that's the part that's odd though, because Joe Biden is the one who created the original crime bill, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, well, all right, he wrote it, right? Yeah. He wrote it, but there's a lot of people at fault in that one. You know, you had the National Black Caucus who approved it and like endorsed it. You had Clinton, yeah. who who endorsed it, like. So there was a lot of people whose hands were in that. He gets the, the most fault for writing it or drafting it. But, yeah, I think over the years they've tried to, 
you know, right some of those wrongs. Maybe not Biden. I think Biden's been very hard-headed with admitting his guilt uh, as opposed to other people who have, like, apologized for their their path. I think Hillary's apologized a little bit or acknowledged that she played a role in calling them super predators and stuff like that. But, yeah, Biden's right. been very hard-headed on, uh, on apologizing from his standpoint. Right. Yeah, what do you what do you think about? So wait, actually no, I want to talk to you because you you went on a little a little <laughs> a rant earlier about how you don't you don't like what's going on with Biden about how you think he's a, a puppet. I think you said or I forgot what yeah, the exact word. I, I think I think they're definitely puppets. You know, Joe Biden is supposed to be moderate, right, or more more towards the middle. Yes, and then immediately after getting the uh, Democratic nomination. He is starting to t- be in talks with Bernie Sanders, right? And Bernie Sanders is a full-blown social, like socialist. Yes, he's way off to the left, right? So, uh, right there, he starts getting pulled on the on the on the uh, co strings, and then, of course, that's when he starts getting the, you know, he starts doing interviews and rounds as a nominee. He starts putting his foot in his mouth, you know, one of those, well, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. And yeah, that was terrible. That, that's that's when Puffy and and Charlemagne and a lot more prominent African-American people start saying, well, listen, the black vote ain't free. So now he's starting to pander and do the things, you know, for black folks. Right. Yeah. And they they ended up they ended up forcing him to get a, a black African-American female on the, uh, as a vice president. Right. And then he puts his foot in his mouth again, talking about, you know, black people aren't as I guess their mind isn't as wide ranged as as Latinos. Right. You know what though? Latinos wait, wait, wait. No, I read that in. Co- I heard that clip, and I I saw the reaction, and then I I saw the I read the context of it, and it's different when you hear the context. And what he was saying in that one was, he was comparing Latinos in Florida to Latinos in in Arizona, and he said the ones in Arizona are a little bit more progressive when it comes to immigration than the ones in Florida. Sure. So I sure. think. That's what he was talking about there, where a lot of people made it seem like he was just saying, kind of putting black people down. And I don't think it was that. I think he was just saying how there's more diversity in the states when it comes to the their feelings. So on certain no, I totally understand that. But nevertheless, he, it, you could tell his thoughts of things. You could tell when he starts thinking and when he's doing the bidding of other people is the point of it, you know, because yeah. he, he's constantly putting his foot in his mouth when he's thinking for himself. You know, but he's not good at wording stuff either. Cause like when I hear these, these clips, I'm like, damn, that's a, doesn't sound good. But then I'll go listen yeah. to them. I'm like, all right, it's not as bad as it, it, it seems. You know? So I just think he's being controlled. You know, he's definitely going to have like, you know, he, you know, he wasn't for like, he's, he's for like, um, he's for police and law and order. Right. So he's not really with the defund the police things, but you know, Bernie Sanders and them, they're going to get him to sway on that. Right. Yeah. Uh, same thing. Same thing with Kamala. She's she's not against. She she was talking like she was not for defund the police, but all of a sudden she's for defund the police. It's like they don't have their own mind. They're being pulled by people behind the scenes, and then they switch when they get into the media. Right? This is now their new thing. That's just like with Kamala in the beginning was like she was during the debate she was attacking Biden because of the allegations of sexual assault. But of course. That was at the time when Me Too was really hot and on fire in the media, right? So she had to look strong for women, right? Yeah. So she's attacking Biden about the sexual assault uh, allegations. But now, all of a sudden, she's honored to be 
chosen by him and stand next to him to lead the nation into the new future. You know, it, it's like, I don't know what's really real with them. They don't really seem like they're thinking for themselves. They, that's why I said they're puppets. You know, they're just being controlled by others. And then I also seen uh, a theory that, you know, Joe Biden doesn't really want to do an eight term thing. You know, he said they, they're thinking that he just wants to do a four term and maybe bow out. And then he's they're using him. The Democratic Party is using him as a way to usher Kamala in as the new president. Right. I so, believe that. He, he, uh, that he's more of just of a Trojan horse. He's a stopgap. He's a, a stopgap. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he runs again, or I think somebody runs against him. But yeah, I think he's aware of that, and everybody knows Kamala's probably going to be groomed to be the future. And um, honestly, I she was going to be my vote in the primaries if she didn't drop out early. I I thought she was probably the most qualified that was on that that ticket. I mean, I thought Elizabeth Warren had the best plan, but I thought Kamala was probably the most qualified, the best speaker out of everybody. So she was gonna be my pick. So I'm happy with her as the vice president pick. Um, you know, I was I was on Kamala real early, and but then I started noticing things about her that made me kind of step away. She started to be real shaky. You know, I feel like she is very much a prisoner of the moment as far as the media goes. You know, and again, this goes back to her not having her own mind. You know, there's times where, you know, she's real tough, but then you see. You know, uh, the LGBTQ, like during the pride times, then she's on stage with a rainbow jacket on and bedazzled shoes and she's dancing around. And now she's fighting for the justice of LGBTQ. Uh, then she had her moments where, you know, it was me too time. So we, she was fighting against justice, against uh, you know, uh, sexual predators and so forth like that. Like she just, and none of them seem to be her own mind. She just seems to jump to, Whatever is the hottest thing in the media at the time, that's where she tries to appear. And that's know? what Trump is attacking her on. That's what he's saying. He's saying she kind of jumps from issue to issue and just rides the wave of, you know, whatever's the hot issue and tries to act, attach herself to it. Uh, Absolutely. I see and it. it. Go ahead. Go ahead. And, it, and, and, it, and it, at times it's funny because as the media changes, you see her actually cross back over the line that she wrote. So. I, I, that's what made me just start to say, you know what, maybe I don't know if I trust her because she just seems to try to talk to us based on what we what we think is important at the time as opposed to creating their own agenda. See, I see it differently than I see it as somebody who was more stern and, and tougher on stuff early on and has kind of loosened up over the years and has changed some of her opinions and beliefs. And I just feel like she's moving a little bit more to the left from the middle than she was in the beginning. And I, I asked the question, like, why is it in politics we don't really allow candidates to change? You know, like, if they admit, hey, I was wrong with some stuff in the past, we don't want to give them, like, that second chance. You know, we see everybody was the same way they were down on Hillary when she ran about the crime bill, the same way they're down on Biden. Even though with Biden, I still think he needs to own it a little bit more. But I think Kamala has owned a lot of her mistakes and has tried to fix it. Like I said, she, she wrote the First Step Act or was part of writing that. And we don't seem to want to give her the benefit of the doubt that she's changed. But then you'll look at something like in Florida where we have the prisoners who get out, the convicted felons, and then they're allowed to vote again. And everybody's like, oh, you know, they deserve a second chance, this and that. But when it comes to, like, our politicians, we don't want to give them that same second chance that will give like other people who are incarcerated. And I just, 
not sure why we're so much harder. I know the politicians, we probably have higher expectations from them for them, but I just feel like we need to be a little bit more open-minded. Um, I think that's maybe the newer way of looking at things because I think when you're, when you're talking it's about a politician, essentially they are people who draw a line in the sand. You know, They say, well, this is what I'm about and this is what I represent. And you vote for me and I'll bring these things to you. And I don't think that really gives you any room to change, you but, know, because people vote you in based on the, you know, the 10 toes that you stood on. And once you get into office, then it's not about changing over to something that may be. It's about delivering on the promises that you gave in the beginning. You know, I, I'll say I, this, I, though. She's been solid as a senator. Like she has not wavered much when she's since she's been in office as a senator. Now, when she was a prosecutor and DA, yeah, you can go back on that. But as a senator, all the critics I've seen, they've given her her props that as a senator, she has stayed consistent. So I'll even, I'll even rebuttal that. She's been very consistent as a senator. But as you can see today, the first thing, you know, in the, in, in the Senate, she's known as like, she's like a bulldog. You yeah. know, when she gets, she gets in front of these, these witnesses, she attacks, 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 attacks. Yeah, the hearings. But as you see, the first thing that she did today was soften up and be about her family and love and all this other stuff. They tried to soften her up as much as possible. And essentially, that's them trying to curb her uh, from this, this pit bull mentality so she doesn't appear as the angry black woman. Well, you we know, know the mean? attack's coming. When, that, when she goes against Pence, the attack is back on. But this right. is her first time being introduced to a lot of people who aren't familiar with her. So, yeah, they're going to want her to come off a little bit more kind and human, but the attack's not going to be over. Like she's going to come back aggressive. I, I guarantee that. I don't know, man. I think she's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. I think they got to change that, that pit bull mentality. I, I mean, I agree. Like her and Biden both can't, you know, right, right now she's a symbol more than she is Kamala Harris. She's a symbol. She represents the first African-American female to be elected or nominated or placed or considered for, vice president of the United States, right? So so she can't be her normal pit bull self. She's gotta she's she's gotta be imagery of what the African American female could be, right? So You think, think she gotta play the Michelle Obama role? I, I, I think she's got to, you know, unfortunately. It's it's like they said about Barack, you know, he didn't have the ability to make a mistake when it came to image, right? He had to always be perfect and pristine. He had to be the quote-unquote perfect african-american male right yeah. i think they're really going to put her in that position as well otherwise you lose faith right that she they're, they're not going to let her be the angry the angry black woman you know she's she's got to be loving and sort of especially if it's her goal to be president in the future you know um, so i think as a prosecutor i don't think she can do that <laughs> I, I think the prosecutor in her is going to come out at some point I don't know, man. I don't. I don't think they're gonna allow it to happen. Like, what loving prosecutor again. do you know? N what none. soft loving prosecutor do you know? Like, I don't think she can do that consistently. She could probably mm. show it every now and then, but I don't think that's her. I don't think that she's gonna prove that, and she's gonna show that. I, I think I don't think she's got a choice for the office that she's in. You know. What do you think about everybody criticizing her as a prosecutor when the job as a prosecutor is to prosecute and like? Do you think black people expect some type of hookup from her since she was a prosecutor and that she was supposed to go easy on everybody? Or do you think she was like fair and being tough as a prosecutor? 
you know, I think she was doing her job as a prosecutor, but that's the t- that's the tough part. You know, black people are anti-police. We don't want anything to do with police or people who be talking to police, right? So look now, I'm like, I am. I'm not gonna call myself anti-police. I do think they're a bit much at times, but I'm also the guy that if I need help, I'm not. I'm not scared to call nine one one. I will call them. So. Right. Well, you know, that's the, you're part of a small. Yeah, but I think yeah, in general, we do have a big distrust and we don't like the police. But I do think as black people, we are a bit unfair when it comes to these crimes and thinking like everybody's innocent. Nobody deserves to ever get locked up. Like, bro, some people do crime. Some people move a lot of weight. Some people kill, you know. Right. Some people need to go to jail. Like, I'm not going to be one of those people who who always says every black person is innocent because it's just not the truth. Right. I mean, I'm in the land of the killers, right? Chicago, Illinois. These, these cats, I was listening to a guy who was, you know, FBG. they just killed. Yeah. They just killed him last week. I saw that. Yeah. You know, and they, FBG and duck, I believe that's the name, right? Yeah. FBG duck. You know, um, that there was this dude who does this YouTube. He calls, he calls it street news TV where he does shy rag legends. I've heard, he of always, I've heard of it. I've heard it. He always talks about, you know, the, the other side of the game, you know, he talks about these street dudes, but he's talking about, you know, how we need to protect our kids from this. And one thing he's saying, one thing he was saying, he says, listen, ma'am, woman, you, you all got sons, brothers, cousins, husbands, boyfriends that's in this game. He said, you got to be honest with yourself. Your, your son is a killer. Your son is not just a killer. He's probably a serial killer. He's out there holding pistols, gang banging and shooting people that's what your son is out there doing and it's like yeah you know when you're a prosecutor that's really how you have to approach it like yeah these are my people but you know he's out here shooting people yeah, holding pistols and gang banging i gotta prosecute him right? i don't and, agree with black people expecting some favorable treatment just because you know she's a black prosecutor like bro sometimes it's gonna be tough and some people are gonna get locked up for some stuff but if they did a serious crime, I'm not fighting that. Like, right. And I, and, you know, right. I hate, I hate to talk about this because, you know, I feel like this is the one thing white people always want to throw at us when we want to talk about black lives matter and police brutality. And they'll always talk about like, what about black on black crime, which I've talked about in the past. That's the stupidest thing to ever say. Cause look, there's white on white crime too, but we just don't classify it as that. You know, it's just, but I just think it takes away from the actual stuff we're trying to talk about when other people who don't even give a damn about black people or our community want to want to bring up what about Chicago and it's like we have these discussions within our own community like they don't think we talk about this stuff or that we we talk to the kids and the youth and try to get them on the right track like they think we just completely ignore all this stuff and it's like no we talk about this stuff when y'all don't you guys show up after the shootings have happened we're talking about this stuff before the shootings happen right but yeah it's just it's just wild that we we see it that way and that we expect we're 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 getting mad at her as a prosecutor for doing her job which you know maybe she was harsh sometimes on sentences who knows who knows but from what i read she was definitely balanced like i didn't think she was too she might not have been too lenient but i don't think she was too harsh i thought she was balanced like maybe some yeah. stuff was was tough and she had to lock some people up but then she also let some people off she created a program where if you were a teenager doing prostitution, she wasn't uh, recommending jail time for you. She was putting you in a program to rehabilitate you. She was trying to rehabilitate other criminals to get jobs and stuff. Like she was doing different things 
that doesn't get highlighted. Everybody always wants to talk about, oh, she mass incarcerated blacks, and they compare her to Biden, and I don't think that she deserves that same heat when it comes to the no. incarceration thing. I mean, that's also a part of going up the chain, right? Once she gets successful, that's when you breathe. Hey, she, I think she was more than just a district attorney. Didn't she become the attorney general as well in California? I think she got a, she was she what, a big oh, role. What prosecutor? Is that district? Is that same thing? Because I'm not really great when it comes to law. So uh, the, the lead prosecutor or district attorney is. That's a prosecutor? The, yeah. That's okay, the, then she probably was attorney general too then. Yeah, attorney general is above, I think is above prosecutor because a prosecutor basically deals with criminal defenses, you know, whereas uh, the attorney general takes on just large cases, right? So like she was big on uh, taking on the banks during the mortgage crisis, right, as the attorney general. Yeah, and then a lot so, of the people that were criticizing her are criticizing her about certain cases, but as an attorney general, they say you're in charge of like over a thousand attorneys, like, or a thousand prosecutors, yeah. you know, so- she might not always see every little thing that's going on in there. If there's like some, some mistrust or somebody's, you know, doing some bad, it might slip. It might slip through the cracks and she might not deserve all of the blame that she got for other I people's mean, actions. Yeah. Know, she, never, she was attorney general. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I can't, I can't let her slide on that though. Cause that's what it is. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Yeah. You know? So, whether you did it or somebody under you did it, it's your fault. But you so, think about every job <laughs> where there's like stuff that slips through that the bosses miss, like sexual assault or or other things like assault and stealing. Yeah. And it's just all different types. Of th- it's not just something that happened in her job. Like that's every job. I, I guarantee you there's stuff going on that the main top boss does not know about. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's still their fault. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's it's the, her fault. It's the same. It's the same reason why right now COVID-19 is, is Trump's fault. Oh, I wanted to, right? yeah, we're going to jump right into that in a minute, but <laughs> I'm going to just say this as we uh, wrap up the Kamala topic. Yes, it's yeah. her fault. And then, you know what? She's going to have to answer for a lot of this stuff because yep. now her, she's in the spotlight and all these yep. issues will come back to her. So she better be ready with the answers because the questions will be coming. Uh, yeah. I think, I think, I think ultimately Susan Rice would have been a better pick, but I don't know much about her. Which one is she? Where's Susan she Rice from? was the one that walked hand in hand. She was the uh, Secretary of State with when Obama was in office and so forth. Okay, I, 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 think, I, I heard of uh, Valerie Jarrett. I think I think that was her name. I heard her name yeah. later. I heard of uh, Demings. Val Demings was in there. Yeah. Uh, I wanted Stacey Abrams. I was a big Stacey Abrams guy, but I guess they didn't think she was quite ready yet. No. But you know, at the end of the day, I think Kamala was the safe pick. I think she was the safe pick. Uh, there's going to be a lot of criticism there, but when we're talking about experience, I think I think I think Susan Rice got way more experience, especially in the upper end. But but uh, when it comes I, to criminal justice and all this, like I just feel like Kamala but, knows the issues and she's going to know how to fix a lot of these issues in the in the criminal justice system. Yeah, but criminal justice is a small. You know, I think that. So this is my issue: is I think that's just a small piece of it. When you talk about the office of the president, you know, this, that's a huge, huge task. And it seems like her mind is always driven on justice when her job as vice president is way bigger than justice. You know what I mean? So oh, I see Susan I, Rice now. I'm reading about her. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I think I, I'm conflicted on. I just think the reason why they chose her is because she's the one that maybe will have the most fire when it comes to going against Trump. Yeah, I don't you know, know 
I, I don't think it, she's the most qualified for the job, but she's definitely probably the is Rice a talker towards. Uh, she's a talker. Like I mean, she's held the office. She's had she's had experience. You could you be know? in the office and not really be a great like talker when you're getting attacked. Like, is, can she no, hold her I mean, own? She, she's had she's had side by side presidential stuff. You know, like with Brock with Brock. So she has the real experience to like. She would be able to provide Biden that real White House decision type experience where Kamala doesn't have that experience, you know. But I just think that Kamala is so more gun ho on. We need to get Trump out of there. I think that's just why they chose her, just because she's more uh, more aggressive in that regard. You know, what she reminds me of, though. She reminds me of Biden when he was the vice president, where he came in and he was like the guy who did the dirty work and the talker and all that. And the guy who was right. ready to, he was fierce. And maybe they're right. bringing her in for that reason. That, that, maybe I, they I, need I'm a too, shooter. <laughs> I, I think that's a hundred percent what it is. Okay. So they're bringing in some muscle. I'm not mad at it. Uh, like I said, it's going to be an interesting next three months. We have a lot of stuff going on in this world. Still a lot of stuff that needs to be addressed. COVID still going out of control. I know you have some opinions on that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's let's get right to it because you're you think you disagree with the whole mismanagement mismanagement thing. You think that it's not really Trump's fault that the COVID is is where it's at right now in the country. Is that what I've heard correctly? So I think I think first of all he's the leader, right? So he's got to take the he's got to take the hit for it. Same way you but say think, Kamala has to take the hit yeah, for the stuff that yes. happens under her. But they're making it seem like it is solely his problem. It is it, because of him that not only is COVID you know killed one hundred and sixty thousand people, but uh, unemployment is up and our economy is dropping. I think to me that's where I start to get off this train of the you know being with the regular people, being with the crowd because. I remember those days, you know, they said it, it was he was ignoring the fact that it was an issue in November and October and so forth. Yeah. But if you recall, in uh, I, I want to say late November, early December, he started to block all flights from China. I thought it was and like then, January, February. You're saying that was in November? That was in De- that was in December time. He started to block it and Congress attacking for it because they said this. that he was being he was being racist. Right. Because that at that time that he was in the news, that's when he was calling it the Chinese disease, right? Because that's where it was occurring, yeah. Wuhan, China. He was calling it the Chinese disease, and as a result, he blocked all fight all flights coming from China. And Congress jumped on him, talking about he was being racist, right? So they allowed the border to stay open to China flights for a little while longer than they should have when he tried to shut it down, right? But then the moment that the disease touched down in the U.S. Uh, and, and then he, he really blocked all flights from coming in and coming out. And that's when they started blocking all those cruise ships and so forth like that. Yeah. You know, they, they, they kind of pushed him as a tyrant as opposed to being a person that's trying to save us. Right. So, um, you know, as the as the virus started to take hold and really start to expand, that's when they flipped their story and said, well, he was too slow to react. They just totally disregard the fact that he tried to block it in December on claims that he was being racist, right? So it, to me, it's things like that that started to agitate me. It's like, you know, this is a, that is a flat out lie, you know, saying that it's his fault. Now, I guess they want to say also his, his response to testing and 
uh, having respirators available and. All right. Well, hold on. Hold on. Let me. I'm reading a little bit about it now. The article I'm reading right now. It says on January 31st, the Trump administration announced the United States would temporarily ban the admission of people who are in China for. And they blocked it. Yes. Okay. I'm still. I haven't. I haven't found that part yet. But I'm gonna go with your word on it. Yeah, they blocked it because they. That's when they were making claims of him being racist. You know, they they brought up another instance of him being hateful. That's you know it's what, what about, they were running at that time. All right. What about him el- eliminating the world, uh, the the pandemic response team? So, you know, I, I think because that that a lot of people blame him for letting this pandemic spread because that response team was not in, in place. I, I don't think, you know, I, Trump is throughout this whole administration has been a very much uh, no nonsense type cat. Right. He's been trying. He's been showing like his his whole thing when he ran is that he was saying that, you know, when we put people in place. And they don't keep up on their promises or they don't uphold the job. He said, for some reason in American history, we will we allow that person to sit in place and not accomplish the job. And and that was one of the things that he said he was going to change. He said, you know, we're going to put people in place to do the job. And in the event that they're not doing the job, we're going to get them out of there and get someone in there who can do the job. And I think this was just another instance of where he was doing that. You know, they were supposed to be the people in place and protecting that. And then as the virus started to spread and then it got out of control in New York, you know, he's like, well, let's get these people out of here. Right. So I don't you know, was it a wrong thing to do? Yeah. I mean, I guess imagery wise, it looks real bad, but it's something that he's been very consistent on. That's why he's had so many press secretaries, so many, you know, he he, he gets rid of people when the job starts to go south. Right. Like maybe it's a little tough on a lot of people on saying, you know, they don't they're not allowed to make any mistakes, but. Um, it's something that he's been very consistent with, with something that's not going right. You know, if this is your job to do and it's not working, then that means you're not the right person and he gets rid of those people. All right. Now, you know? uh, uh, let me read. I, I'm reading this part, too. So it says that the Trump administration disbanded the p- pandemic response team, but some of the team members were reassigned to enrolls to roles that included pandemic response. So I just want to make sure I'm fair on that. Yeah, the whole so, team I mean, was not gone. They were, they were still people in charge, but you didn't have the same operation, the same amount of people there. Right. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's just a matter of shifting people around. And, you know, when the when it started to get out of hand, you know, that's when you, he started shifting people. But, you know, the, the idea that they say that this is being mismanaged is that, you know, on the, on the liberal side, I would say, they started creating this mass hysteria around the disease itself. You know, it, people are going out of control. They don't come near anybody. You but know, you, if you bring, that wasn't in the beginning. I feel like in the beginning we were taking it lightly. I mean, some people were, but a lot of people were really fearful, and they kept turning up the heat every night. If you turn on the news, it was COVID nineteen. People are dying. Pandemic. World in fire. Right. You like, want to know? It's funny though. I got a correlation to this whole thing. I believe the the way they treat the the coronavirus and the COVID is the same way they treat or talk about the violence in Chicago. You know, hear me out. I think that when you watch the news, you feel like you can't even walk outside your house right now without getting the coronavirus. That's the way it makes it seem, right? Right. When right. I watch the news about Chicago, I feel like you can't even go outside your house with a, a bulletproof vest. But then when I go visit Chicago and see how a lot of that's isolated to certain areas in Chicago 
in that a majority of that city, you can walk around and feel safe. It's kind of reminds me of how this coronavirus, where the news makes it seem like it's it's dangerous every single where. Like you walk outside your house, you could catch it from going to the mailbox. But then when well, you go you out, know, you see everybody driving around. You see everybody out still. And it's like, yeah. whoa, it can't be that serious. Or it's maybe I mean, it's not as bad as they're making it seem. No, it's definitely worse. No, nah, no, nah, it's pretty bad. But I'm just you saying, know, though, as opposed to, like, when you're... The yeah, way no, they make no, Chicago just, seem and the way they make I, the coronavirus seem. I get it. You know, it used to be way worse. I mean, in Chicago, uh, it used to be worse, right? Because we had projects. And, but those are you know, south side and west side. Isn't that where most of this stuff goes on? Yes, yes, no. It, that's where it was at that time, right? Because that's where the projects were. And Cabrini, Cabrini Green was infamous, and that's that's the Northside project, right? Yes. So, um, you know, the the violence was isolated to those areas, but at, at some point they started to do the gentrification thing, and they knocked all those projects down. But those residents, you know, since they were on public housing, they just started to disperse them to Section Eight homes in the normal neighborhoods, right? So that's how things started to fan out into neighborhoods that weren't really violent before. And now all of these people that are from these places are, have been displaced into these areas. So now you're more likely to catch a straight round in a, in a place that you wouldn't have before, you know, but it isn't like what they make it see. It is, it's violent, but it's not like it is, they, you know, like they make it seem on the TV, but there are definitely areas that you don't want to go in town if you're not affiliated yeah. Or if, if you're not ready to shoot yourself, like it does, it does have you think differently, you know, about where you go. But you know yeah. how scared I was to go to Chicago before I ever went. Like I told myself <laughs> I would never go to Chicago under any circumstance. Right. And then I got sent there for work and I had to go. And then once I got there, I'm like, OK, it's not dangerous on every single block. Like they make it seem like there's places where I feel safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm saying it like the coronavirus where, yes, you can get it everywhere like you can go to the store and catch it but it's not like yeah. everybody's catching it everywhere they go you know it's not like right no there's, there's like i'll go out to eat and stuff and i have not caught anything yet you know i've been okay i can go out to the store but the news yeah. makes me feel like if i go anywhere i'm going to catch it no nah, yeah, just like nah, they make me areas, feel if i go to chicago i'm gonna get shot right there's some areas here in chicago that there's some of the wealthiest neighborhoods in the country you know yeah, but on, I'm telling you how we people like that don't live in Chicago. We view it as yeah. like, yo, what's going yeah, on in Chicago? Yeah. Got to send the National Guard out there, the troops. Oh my gosh, Chicago right. was on a lockdown for the whole weekend. Like, what, like what, what was true about that part too? Like, did you guys have to stay in your house the whole weekend because of shootings? No, they locked down the downtown area. You know, downtown is surrounded by the river, right? Yes. So those there has all those bridges there. I think Mayor Lightfoot uh, decided to raise the bridges, which stops traffic from flowing downtown. But she but did that during the coronavirus, too. She's done that a couple of times. She, yeah, she's, she's a different type of lady. But, you know, I, I don't know, man. I think these these gangsters, man, they're just real. These young kids, they're real, man. Now, they're, where, they're not, where not FBG play. got shot, where was that at in Chicago? That was, okay, so he got, he got killed on Oak Street at, near Michigan. Which is the, where you would not expect violence. Yeah, that I was kind of shocked when I heard that he got shot there because I'm like, this sounds like one of those places where the police are usually at, making yeah, sure you, nothing happens. Yeah, you would not expect violence there at all. So why why but, do you think the police weren't there then? Because normally those types of places are their police response, I believe, or at least that's what it seems like. Yeah, you know. And on top of that, you know, 
Chicago is the one place where I would say our shooters are more realer than any other hood shooters in the country is that when the police show up, the gunfire don't necessarily stop. You know, usually when people, you know, in, the, in these dangerous towns where they, they get in the shootouts and the police show up, cats run. Chicago is not like that. These cats will shoot at police, too. You know what I, I mean? Believe it. So, like, just in the last week, you know, when they started, they started looting downtown. They started looting uh, Magnificent Mile. And uh, the police response showed up to the looters, and they, they got in shootouts with the people. I think 40 officers got shot. So, it's, you know, it's a different type. These yard cats are a different type of violent nowadays in the town. Um, rest in peace to FBG Duck, too. Um, but getting, getting back to this coronavirus thing, you, you think you said in the text that you didn't like how the numbers, they were making it seem like the numbers were high. Uh, you said the 160,000 deaths out of 30, 354 million people is a small right. percentage. Right. So, you know, the, the, the hot topic word is you, you say, you hear him say is the president allowed 160,000 Americans to die based on his poor management of the coronavirus uh, relief, right? Yes. In in retrospect, right, 160,000 is a lot of people, yes. But uh, the United States as a country has 354 million people as a population, and that's registered people, right? That doesn't include unregistered aliens, right? Yeah. When you think about this on the scale, because they try to say that we we have managed the coronavirus response worse than any other country in the world. But when you really think about it, how many other countries has the number of people that we have? We talk about, you know, Greece and London or, you know, whatever the case. When they they broke down the numbers of deaths versus people in the millions. And I said. You know, the U.S. is averaging maybe 458, 53, something like that. You said 450 deaths, deaths per 1 million people. Per, per 1 million people, right? Where that's not necessarily the best response, but it's not the worst by far. We're somewhere in the middle, they're saying. You know, um, there are there are nations that are more. Right? They average more deaths per million people, right? Um, and then, of course, when you start to break it down even more, you say how many deaths per thousand, you know, then our number gets even smaller. Right. So um, I, I think they're using a lot of this fear mongering tactic to say he's mismanaged. That's why 160,000 people have died. And because of this, we've had to shut down the government. Right. We can't allow people to come within six feet of each other. We got to wear a mask. And he's been anti mask. But, he has flip flopped on the mask. Like sometimes he yeah. says no mask, then he's out there wearing a mask, then he's back to not wearing one. I, I don't know where he stands on the mask issue. Absolutely, but you know, if you think about the flu, the flu virus in our country, we have way more people get infected with the flu, and I believe the flu has a higher death rate as well, and that's annually. Now, you know, all right, but I hear that argument a lot, and I'm gonna say this about the flu. I would like to see. All right, it's kind of it's kind of hard to to compare those two because the moment coronavirus got serious, we changed a lot of how we operate. We, um, we went into lockdown mode. We had masks. So we treated it more like serious than the flu where it's like we live our normal life with the flu. So yes, the deaths are probably going to be higher, but if we didn't act like this with the coronavirus, I wonder how many more deaths we would have. So to compare it to the flu, I don't think is fair. Cause we don't have any restrictions in, in place for the flu. 
like we but do that's with the coronavirus. But that's what's so odd is because if you had the flu, you know, there's people that get sick and they still go to work, right? You get your kids are coughing, they threw up at night, you might still send them to school. But now the coronavirus has people shook. But the percentage of people that die versus the percentage of people that even have been tested positive for coronavirus is very small, right? So is yeah. that mismanaged? Is that mismanagement? I don't, you know, it seems like this disease is not as lethal as they want us to believe it is. Yeah, it has the possibility. Um, I've heard the possibility of being lethal. Yeah. But is, is, is it worth to say nobody go outside? I got I some know. friends who have gotten it, and I, I've just seen them post about it on Facebook. And from what they say, like the, the way it messes up your breathing is pretty serious. And uh, I don't, I've never had the flu, so I can't, you know, I can't compare, but I heard the flu is bad too, but when you're resting. In your flu, you can, you can get pneumonia, right? You can, yeah. you can transition into pneumonia with the flu, right? Which affects your breathing. What's the difference? I'm just saying I never had the flu, so I don't know what the flu really does. I know you get headaches. That's about it. That's all I really Headaches, diarrhea, you know, I mean, it's. I think the I, difference is the flu has been around for so long and we're more comfortable with it, whereas this came out of nowhere and we're, we don't know what it is and it just scares everybody because they don't know. We don't, I, yeah. we don't have an answer I, to this, even though there's no real answer to the flu either. But and I, and, Well, there's a vaccine know, for the flu, I forgot. And then at the same time, you know, back to what we're saying about him being mismanaged, at the same time, he's being criticized. So, you know, he, he wanted to he wanted to get people back to work and they wanted to stop that because coronavirus was too was too, uh, I guess, uh, volatile. Right. But at the same time, we're going to assemble people to protest. Right. We're protesting all over the country. That right? part, yeah. When I look back on that, I'm like, damn, that was wild how we were just all out there protesting. Florida, Florida. You guys in Florida got people on South Beach. Having a good time, spring breaking. And you know what's funny about this though? Where I live in Titusville, when this happened, they never closed Cocoa Beach once. The never, only thing right? they closed was the parking, the public parking. You could not park there, but if you could find a way to get to that beach without using their parking lot, you were still allowed to go. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like they sit. It's like they're sitting on both sides of the fence. Is that mismanagement? But then you still want to allow people to assemble. You know, what the hell? Which which is it? Yeah, if, we've if been he, a little uh <laughs> Yeah, they've they've definitely gone both both or a little back and forth on that, whether you can go out in public when it comes to the protest and what they allow. Right. Hypocritical. They've been a little hypocritical with that. I agree. Right. And and you know, I think the things that's really important that we're missing out on is that kids are starting to miss school. To me, that is the most critical now that I have two young ones. What do you feel about uh, that, though, that with the kids going back to school now, some parents still don't want to let their kids go back. Some parents are saying, hey, I have no other option. My kids have to go because I have to work. Like, do you yeah, think it's so safe well, to send them back? Because we know how the kids are going to act in school. We saw that Georgia hallway last week. These kids don't right. give a damn. You know what? Older kids is an issue. My son's only four. We started sending him back to uh, preschool on the 27th of July, right? So he's been going for maybe two, three weeks now. And it's normal to the little kids. They don't know. They just tell them to wear the mask. So they right? do have to wear the mask in school? All day, yeah. He has to wear it all day. And in the beginning, he had to bring uh, clothes that he wore only in there. And then they would change him to take him out. What? And they don't, yeah, and they don't allow the parents to walk in at all. So... Once we get to the door, they take our temperature and then they take him away and I have to go. I have to leave. I, I can't walk into the building. Right. So they 
they found a way to minimize the exposure from the outside to the inside of this building. And I think it's been very critical because one, you know, when you're at this age, kids learn the most between their first six years of life or something like that, six to 10 years of life. That's when they say kids learn the most, right? So yeah. for the for the high school kids, yeah, keep them at home and do online learning. But for these little kids, they learn in play, right? They learn while interacting with each other. They learn in the group setting. They learn when they're in school, you know, they they, they can't do the, you're not going to sit a four-year-old, five-year-old child in front of a computer for four or five hours at a time to be able to learn. That's not going to happen. The attention span is not long enough, you know? So I, I think it, I think it hurts them the most to keep them out of school. So I agree. I agree. I mean, I feel for the parents though, who don't want to send the kids to school because they're worried about them contract contacting or contracting and bringing something back. Cause let's be honest, while the kids might not get the virus and they might be less susceptible they're definitely going to bring it back home because these kids, even though you say your yeah. son wears the mask and stuff, we know yeah. these kids is touching all types of stuff and yeah. not probably washing I, their hands. And like, they're going to bring these viruses I, back home. That's a real, that's a real concern. I mean, but I mean, they bring everything home from, uh, you know, elementary school anyway. Right. They, I think they go to school with, with baseball mitts to try to catch disease. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. They, they try to bring home everything. So I, I, I don't know. Will it stop the spread? Sure. I personally, I don't know anyone um, who has contacted the disease. I, has nobody been in my circle that I know that's had any involvement with COVID-19 at all. So I've had a few people in my circle that have gotten it. She was texting with somebody last night who had it and who's still on quarantine. So, yeah, it's odd. I mean, it's, it's odd. It, to me, it seems very unreal just because there's no, I'm not around anybody who's had any involvement with it. You yeah. know, so and you, you brought up the Ebola too. Like you were comparing it to, I yeah, guess. No, because in Kamala's speech, she's saying, you know, uh, when the Ebola virus hit, she, and she called that a pandemic. So I, I don't know if that was a pandemic, you know, but she called it a pandemic and she said only two people died. And that's because Barack Obama and Joe Biden knew how to take care of a pandemic. Only two like, people died in the Ebola? I don't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds I, a little low. I, I, if I recall, I don't recall. I think only six people was infected with it total, right? So I thought Ebola was bigger than that. Uh, not in 2017 or 16 or whatever, wasn't it? It was, it was I think it was just a couple people that I fact that's check why this it was down. so odd. You know, now the uh, Ebola virus, when it hit, you know, way back when, yeah, it was way bigger deal. But I think when Obama was in office, I, I felt like he was 20, only... he would have been out by 2016. So that was probably, I guess, 2014, maybe when Ebola Something hit. like that. Something like that. But I think it was only like a handful of people. Uh, yeah, total cases contracted in the U.S., it says two. It was only two people, right? Yeah. So two to- But 11 total in the country from other countries. So. I don't know yeah, how serious so, Ebola was. So if you think about that in reality, what she said was a real pandemic. We had two people contracted and two people died. That's a hundred percent death rate. You can't con- but that, you can't compare but, Ebola to coronavirus. No, but still, a hundred percent death rate is what she considered a good response, right? Man, so, but you're, come on, man. We're not going to say a hundred percent for two people. Two contracted, two people dead is a hundred percent. Well, now I'm reading something that says. Four forty-eight, four hundred, four thousand eight hundred seventy-seven. Had Ebola? I don't know. 
I don't know how many people have really got this virus. I, I, I think in the U.S. it wasn't a lot. It was it was only like a handful of people, and they kept them locked at the airport, if I remember correctly. Okay, because I was reading Wikipedia. I feel like they lied to me. Because now these numbers are a lot higher when I'm reading. It might not have been 100% death rate. I just think, you know, the coronavirus is something that has never happened or something that we haven't seen on a global scale in eons, right? Over 100 years. So, no, bro. What do you ever did you ever think anything could take out this country like this this virus has so far? Like the effects it's had on businesses closing on No, there I don't think there will ever be anything this large ever again. Like this is something I would have never if you would have told me something like this would have happened in my lifetime, I would have laughed at you. Right. Like I lived through 9/11, bro. Do you think I I thought something like this that would shut a whole country down like this and change probably our whole infrastructure going forward and how we're going to do things? This is, so is the that, most insane thing I've ever seen. So is that mismanagement when you deal with something that has never happened or never even thought possible before? Is that really mismanagement? I think they're just blaming him for letting it get to this level. They're saying he could have stopped it earlier, maybe been more strict with the mask requirement, with the okay. social distancing, with the going sure. out in public. They were very sure. relaxed on that. And then the governors were following his, his, his lead. Like, you know, over here, DeSantis is like, well, if Trump isn't telling everybody to wear a mask, I'm not going to. And if he's not shutting right. down the beaches, I'm not going like, you know, they just kind of followed his lead with stuff. So maybe that's where the, the mismanagement talk comes from. Right. Well, I mean, I always think I always try to look at it both sides. Yeah. He, you know, he could have probably, he could have probably changed that response, but had he did and it was, and it turned out to not be a serious thing. Say he did that. And only, hundred people contracted the disease, then they would have caused him very terrible. You know, he, he was being a tyrant, right? Yeah, Instead he of, he probably wouldn't have it would have, it was a lose lose. If he was too hard on it, they yeah. would have said he's acting like a dictator. I'll give right. him that. Like we we criticized Trump for everything. So even and if it, he would have been a little harsher in the beginning, he probably would have been criticized because nobody took it serious in the beginning. I don't care what anybody right. says, nobody was gonna take it serious in the beginning. Even if he would have told us it was serious, y'all probably wouldn't have took it serious till you start seeing this the deaths and, and all this stuff happening. So right. He's even catching the he's even catching the flack when he didn't when he didn't make the decision, right? So like you remember in the beginning he wanted to he said this only gonna be a couple weeks and we're gonna get everybody back to work, right? He wanted to open things back up in April. But and then no, April the Easter thing he looks crazy now for. Like when we were yeah. like in March and we knew it was a little more serious and he's like, I wanna get the churches open by Easter. Like that looks a little bad at this point. Okay, I, now I'm glad you said that because right now, uh, in her speech, she criticized him. She said, "Because of him, we had to shut down the country, and all these businesses are going under. There's 50 million people unemployed, and and uh, you know our, our our country is economically at its worst point ever because we had to shut down. Now the businesses to weren't going to come back. Like I I don't agree with that. I don't think the economy was going to be normal. I I really think." This virus is here for a while, and whether we quarantined or not, it was going to still linger. If we did these large sporting events, like it was going to, it was still going to come back at some point. Right. Foster says it's not going to, he doesn't think it ever be eradicated. But, but the point of it is, is that he wanted to open things and they, they got on him about it. And now the things shut down, they said it's his fault that everything's gone. Right. So it, yeah, I agree I, with that. Like, it's, <laughs> I don't know if he could have saved some of these businesses. He couldn't, he, Maybe with, he, with better stimuluses or packages, relief packages. I, I know that he was. They criticized them on the first bill because a lot of money went to these businesses. We're supposed to go to the small businesses, and a lot of them didn't get the money. Right. A lot of large corporations received it. 
So, I mean, there's there's stuff you can nitpick. So, 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 what do you think about Congress not agreeing to the new stimulus bill? Are they they seem to be ultimately postponing it? What it looks like for him to look worse, right? So, uh, I think they just can't agree like that. Unemployment's probably got to be lowered. I don't think they're going to get away with doing the six hundred again. And as somebody who benefited from the six hundred dollar a week, uh, plus two seventy five unemployment, it's beautiful. But I don't think, I think it looks bad when you have people who are actually working and making less than what these people were getting on unemployment. So I don't see them doing the 600 again. I think you got to drop that down to about three or 400 plus whatever right. the state and, gives and you. That, and that's exactly what he did actually. He's an executive. Well, order, he, right? they said he can't really do anything. Like he can say he's going to, but they're, that's never going to make it. They're saying that's never going to actually. Yeah. But that was his, that's, that's what he planned to put into action. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, but I think Congress, know, the reason it's not passing in Congress, because they're, as usual, trying to add a lot of extra stuff in there that right. probably has no business being in there, and it's right. slowing up the bill. I don't think it's so because of the unemployment. I think they're trying to sneak some stuff in there. So why is that not considered mismanagement? Uh, I would call that mismanagement. I Look, I don't think Trump is to blame for everything. I do think, as the president, yes, you're going to get some blame for the initial response and the handling of it. Cause you're in charge. Yep. You know, just like yep. you, Kamala was in charge of what went through the cracks. If something yep. fell through the cracks on his watch, it's on him. That's, you that's get briefed just, every day. You know, you yeah, should know what's yeah. going on. Yep. That's justified. Yep. He's got to wear the crown. Right. So it's, it's, it's his fault. But at this right. point they got to act with a little bit more sense of urgency. Like there's a lot yeah. of people losing that are going to lose their home soon or their apartments right. and, Businesses right. are and going they're, under. And they're on break, right? They're on break. They, ah, did the break start yet? I heard that he wouldn't let them go on break until it was over. So yeah, they started. No, they, they went on break. That's why he did the executive oh, okay. order. And they're not set to come back until September. So like, I don't That's understand how they, how they take more time. They acting like every day is not critical. That's insane, man. Right. So we're yeah, about to see know. a big restart in this country, bro. Everything is going to change. I feel like. These minimum wage jobs are probably going to be a lot more important going forward. We're going to have to pay these people more money because a lot of these other jobs are going under. And a lot of those people are going to be forced to go to lower paying jobs. And they're going to see, hey, we need money to get by. So I, I, I can see the minimum wage going up as a result of this. So, oh, that, that, that's funny that you say that. So now you're talking about actual real politics on the Democrat side. That's the one thing that. This is the thing that makes me angry is that they spend so much time being anti-Trump. It's like both networks has Trump things going on, right? Instead, they Come on, MSNBC and CNN? MSNBC, yeah, CNN and versus like Fox News. Fox, Fox News, News is, they got their own thing going on too. They're talking about Trump in a positive light, right? Because yeah. they're the conservative network. But the other network spends so much time bashing. It's like this idea you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity, right? So they're spending so much time bashing him that I don't, can you even, do you even know what Joe Biden's plans are or what his politics are? Uh, he has the Lift Every Voice um, initiative. I haven't read it. I haven't read over it. Um, you see what I'm saying? Like you had to research to they want to do what this cat is about. I don't know where he is on the college thing. I know Kamala wants a debt-free college uh, tuition. Right. So she so she's about 
they want to do prison reform and stuff, justice reform, right? Yeah, I mean, they, that's on both camps. Like, Trump is on the prison reform thing, too. Everybody, that's yeah. just the new thing that you got to be down with at this point. They're, they're straddling the line on health care for all. That's... I thought this pandemic was going to change that and show that we do need it, but I'm still unsure no, if we'll ever get he's, there. He's got Bernie is in his pocket, right? So he's got to appeal to Bernie's people. Otherwise, he won't get their vote. He's not and getting their vote anyway because Bernie people are the most petty people in the world. Like once their yeah, candidate doesn't get it, they don't vote at all. I guarantee you he start to reach for that Medicare for all thing to get those votes. He's going to try, but uh, those Bernie people are the most saltiest people I ever see, man. And with I Kamala just, now, I don't even think they're... I don't know if they're down with her either. Maybe because she's a woman, they might be, but... I don't know. Nevertheless, all of those things, because she's also for Planned Parenthood and the, and the abortion rights and so forth like that, all of those things, they want to fund through government funds, right? All, there's no way to do that while giving tax breaks to the middle class. That is not going to happen. Yeah, Trump said this. She's going uh, to the, the, raise the taxes. That, that's what the yeah, tax right you, now. If, if you want the government to spend money on things, the only way that occurs is by increasing taxation. There's no other way. That's the only way the government gets money. But if you can increase taxes. taxes and you take away a lot of the privatized stuff, I mean, does it balance out? Maybe. I don't know. You know, if we increase taxes, but then we don't have the private health insurance companies where you're paying these absurd amounts out of your check, you know, maybe it balances out there. Uh, as far so, as the college stuff goes, I don't know how you pay for that. So, so the the funny thing about you know getting rid of those uh, insurance companies is in, America has an issue with monopoly laws, right? They don't ever want one company to be in control of the market or have a, a majority share of the market, right? Um, if they do Medicare for all to squeeze out those uh, the the independent insurance companies, they're going to essentially have control of the market. What stops them from making things more expensive? I don't know, but I'll say this. I don't think that any of that can work when it comes to healthcare unless like these doctors and nurses agree to take a little bit less. They're going to walk away. There's no way they're going to take less. I don't think a doctor can make a million dollars or however much they make and you have free healthcare. I don't think it's possible. And, and that's and that to me is going to be the problem. That is the that is the issue. Like with, you got to be socialist for that to work. I'm sorry, I'm, if people don't like socialism, whatever, but that's the only way a healthcare for all is going to work. Yeah, it, it is. It's going to make healthcare way worse in our country, right? Because if you're a doctor, I can't imagine. Say you're a doctor, uh, you know, even something as si as silly as like Doctor Miami, right? He's very well known plastics uh, surgeon, right? Yeah. If you if you're one of the best plastics surgeons in the country. And then they created uh, Medicare for all, right? Now we get we talking about the worst guy getting paid the same as the well, best. Well, I feel guy. like I think when you're talking about plastic surgery, that's more of a private, privatized thing. But there, if there's no more insurance, it had to be under Medicare for all, right? I don't know. I, if if I was in office, I would probably find a way to not include that. I think that's a luxury. That's like that's okay, like so me giving you food stamps and saying, oh, you can go buy. Junk okay, food so or something with it. Fine, fine. Convert it over to, say, uh, uh, a cardiologist, right? A heart surgeon. Heart surgeon. If you are one of the best heart surgeons in the country, Mayo Clinic type, I don't want to be paid the same as the guy that's, you know, in, in a random place. I think that's... I'm, the, I'm one of the best. Like, I, you know, I, I've created prestige. This shouldn't be equal. That's when I asked the question, are you doing this to actually help people? Or are you doing this because 
you want to just make money? Is it for greed or is it to help people? And I think that's when you maybe you start weeding out the people who aren't really in it for the love, you know? I think it becomes one of the things that's both, right? You start off, everybody starts off wanting to help somebody, but then as the longer you with it, you start to you you grow prestige based on your track record, right? Your history. And you start, you know, you start healing people. You start bringing, as a cardiologist, you start bringing people back from the dead, basically. Now you, you know, you start creating your own procedures and you start creating your own medical tools to help you do procedures easier. And now you have a different level of value than somebody who's just going along with the motions. Yeah, you got a heart surgeon, but then you have a doctor that's actually progressing the the cardiac field. Right? So what do you there's, think is the answer for that? There's two then. different levels. What do you think the answer is? This private insurance is the answer, right? You think they, we got to stay it, private? It, it allows them to have different values, right? Yeah, you can go to the guy who's progressing the field or you can go to the guy who's going through the motions. Depends on what you want to pay, right? That's that's essentially what it's all for, all about. Well, why don't we do it like Canada where they have the, the you know, the universal health care, but you if you don't want to wait in that line and be in line for the free stuff, you can still pay and go to the higher end one you know why don't we do something like that where it's like you a know, mix of both you know a lot of those nations that do that like that have united health care or have united education right you don't pay for college what they don't tell you is that their tax rate is like in the 40 50 or 60 percent for everybody right so yeah but then everybody's afford the opportunity to do that where right now everybody's not afford that opportunity right but do you want to give up 50 percent of your paycheck to the government but that's what i'm saying like if we if we include all this stuff like the healthcare and the college, maybe that is, your, maybe that is fifty percent of what they're paying right now with the private stuff. So you'll be okay with it. You say, all right, fine, give away fifty percent of my earnings if it's going to go to United Healthcare. If I'm, if I'm benefiting, if I'm getting benefits from it, I'm okay with it because you you how often do you go to a doctor in a year's time? Um, I actually just got a new job where we actually have free healthcare, so I will be going a little bit more. <laughs> They yeah, actually I mean, don't take money out of my paycheck right now for healthcare. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I will be going now. You, you, so you will be, but but I'm not paying an extra. Like it's not fifty percent or whatever. But so so you're gonna go now that it's free out of your check. But when you was paying for it out of your check, how often did you go? I mean, I'm I go a, a, according to my health. If I I go for my checkup, if I need more, I go for more. I've had MRIs. So, I've done different things. You know, it just depends so, on what my health is. Yeah, maybe once a year, right? I guess. Yeah, that's physical, usually the checkup, right? the physical. But I've had MRIs too. So, would you want to give up fifty percent of your paycheck to go for a physical every year? Mm, that's rough, man. It is. I, I can't. I can't. But do I'm that. always, I'm also that guy who will give a little bit more to help others. Like if I, if I have to give a little bit more out of the taxes and it goes to the betterment of the country, I'm for that. That's noble. And I think a lot of people aren't. I think that's why we will probably won't get to a socialist approach because a lot of people don't want to think of others. They are. This is the way this country is built. It's more of like an every man for himself type of thing. Socialism is the first step to communism. I've never heard anything positive about communism. I mean, isn't Canada socialism? I don't see many Canadians running to come to America. Like they seem happy where they're at over there. Yeah, they also live in the snow and ice. And, and the fact that they can still live there and not want to run over here makes it, yeah. it must be pretty good if you're withstanding that weather to stay over there. You know, I, it, it, it's kind of like what you said. You know, when you when you live outside of the, when you live outside of Chicago, it looks like Chicago is a war zone. Well, I can imagine what it looks like right now if you live outside of the U.S., right? Oh, they think we are like, yeah. I'd be on it Twitter, they're strange. like, what's going on in America? <laughs> right, exactly. 
they like, nah, I'll, I'll stay here in the ice. Now, the Kamala and Biden ticket or the Biden-Harris ticket has a new saying. And it's like their, their answer to make America great again. And it is building back better. And you told me about this today. I was unaware of this, like, this saying, but apparently never, this is the phrase we're going it. with. You didn't see the front. You didn't see it. Build better. I was not even paying attention too much to like, I was listening, but I wasn't really like watching, you know, he even said it in his speech. He used it as his opening tagline. My speech was in and out. Like it cut off the cable, whatever their connection was over here. It was, it wasn't good. So I didn't even get to see the whole thing, but I think that is a terrible phrase. He's been saying it. He's been saying it for a few weeks now. You know, Obama was about change, right? His, his logo was about change and Biden's very simple. That's why they use a whole bunch of words beginning with the letter B. Right? Yeah, he They're thinks he's to... big baller brand over here. Like he's about he, to get yeah, sued yeah. by LeVar Ball with this mess. <laughs> right. He he they're brainwashing you, right? When you see a lot of B's, you start to think Biden. That's, that's why doesn't he hit up LeVar though for the merch? Just buy all that big baller brand merch with the three B's on it and just start selling that. Yeah, you under something now. Yeah. But you I, I don't like either. that saying. I'm sorry. Build I ain't gonna lie. Better. Make America great again sounds better than building back better. I what think, the hell I is think, building back better? Building building back better. I think the part that upsets me the most. Who came up not, with not, this shit? <laughs> yeah, the, the, is the fact that they, if you just literally take the literal translation of the words, they mean the exact same thing. And, you know, there's a point in time where people wear the Make America Great hat will get you jumped in the street, right? Yeah. But and, So we, we, we were led to believe that this was a bad thing to say. Uh, a I didn't think "Make America Great Again" was bad. I thought if you took the "again" out and just said "Make America Great," it would have been a great slogan, no pun intended. But when they put "again," that's when it ruffled feathers because we're like, as black people, like, bro, when was it great for us? Yeah, well, build build back better is in the same line. Though, so it? this is his "Make America Great Again," it's but it's not. It's America not. Great again. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. It ain't slapping like "Make America Great Again." This one don't slap. Like, Make America Great Again actually brings, it gets a reaction out of you, you know? Whether you love it or hate it, it makes you feel a way. I don't feel yeah. nothing with building back better. Yeah. <laughs> I was just more on the, you know. It's so America plain. Great. Yeah, Make America Great Again. Yeah, of course it was not great as far as slavery is concerned, no. But or crack. When, right. Or but when you Jim Crow. <laughs> yeah, but when you think about our economic dominance and military force over the world, you know, we were great. But that's the same military that when the black people came back, they couldn't even be treated as equals, you know? Right. So, uh, you know, I think, I think that to me, and, 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 you know, you know, Chance, uh, we were talking about Chance the Rapper. He started to say, listen, I don't know why black people are so loyal to the Democratic Party because throughout the history of the United States, the Democratic Party really hasn't delivered on any of their promises to black people or people of color. Neither has the Republican right? Party, though. Neither party, yeah. really. But chances well, are championing Kanye. That's where he lost me. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, when you really think about that, that is very much true. You know, they they don't. And black people are very loyal to the Democratic Party. So it, I would it, say, it always, yeah, that's the reason Biden got won the primary because we're so loyal yeah, to you him. Don't vote, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. No, but even that's before it. that, it's like <laughs> he whooped Bernie's ass in the South. Because the blacks in South Carolina and these other states were so damn loyal to Biden, and I never understood right. that part. Right. I, I just, you know, we are, we are uncharacteristically loyal to the Democratic Party for no reason at all. And it just cracks me up how 
the things they criticize the conservative side for within the last three years are literally the same exact things that they're doing now, you know? So yeah. it, it, it couldn't have been too crazy of a play. And you look like you, you sounded like you wanted to criticize uh, Kamala. You want to know if she's going to catch some heat for having a white husband. Oh, is, is that not the thing? Is that not a thing anymore? Did they get on? You know how many black they, women I know that got white men? Yeah, but didn't they, didn't they get on? What's his name? Michael B. Jordan was untouchable for a while till they seen him with the white girl on the beach. We still right? don't know if he like black or white girls because he be flirting with Neon. What's her name? Neonga? Neonga? The black model that was in Black Panthers? Lupita. Uh, Lupita Neonga. Yeah. He be flirting with her too, so I don't know. Like, I don't like, I, look, but Kamala was messing with the mayor back in the day, Willie. In yeah, San Fran. San Francisco, yeah. So, I mean, she's shown that she likes black guys. Yeah, but, you know, they got on there about that because when she married him, she was 29 years no, old. No, she ain't married. She was dating him. He was, he was duh, not divorced, but he was separated. And he was 60, though. Like, what? I talked about this on my last episode, and it's like, bro, once you turn 18, I'm not going to judge you for your decisions because I was talking about, the, like, the August Alcina and Jada Pinkett thing, and it's like, did she take advantage of August? Yes. But once you get to be like 18 and up, bro, the, you're in the world. Like, it's fair game. I'm sorry. The OGs better. Somebody better teach you some game before you get there. But it's it's go time when you turn 18. Everything's a go. Like, I can't get mad at what happens after that because it's legal. You know, if it's legal, I'm not going to get mad. That's on well, the OGs I, to get you prepared for that moment. Well, I, I don't know if he was actually legally separated or divorced at the time. But 60 and married makes it look bad, you know. It was, I mean, there's so many separated people that, look, I've never been married. I don't know how it goes, but I know if I, if me and my wife decide that we don't want to be together anymore and we're separated, bro, I'm not waiting on no fucking ink to dry before I start dating. Yeah, I'm out you here. You, yes, you would if you had anything valuable. Okay, that yeah. part, yes. <laughs> but you best believe I'm on these dating apps as soon as we decide we are no more. Yeah. I don't need a mediator to tell me it's over. I, 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 listen, I'm gonna be the first call you have when you get to that point. <laughs> but you're you're saying she might catch heat for having a white husband. I don't think it's a problem. I don't I don't understand why she hasn't already, right? It, it, you know, because we're supposed of, to be know, more inclusive right now, so it would look yeah, crazy yeah, going after her for that. We've seen a lot of. Uh, you said there are a lot of people that are criticizing her. I've seen a lot of, especially African American females, not not rocking with her. You know, well, and, and, she and is I, an AKA though, so she got them on her side. She is AKA, but I mean, there's there's this thing that they were like, you know, if her her parents are Jamaican and Indian, her dad like, is Jamaican, her mom's Indian, and so they say, well, how is she American? Is the question. Well, that's the, the I see I seen that you were born in America. That's how you're American. <laughs> that don't make you American. That does make you American. If I had two Asian parents, whatever Chinese or Korean or Japanese, that would make me still want. You can put they are. whatever you want in front of it, but you're still an American if you're born in America. That's the thing. Wow. And I had this talk on my podcast a few weeks ago too, where it's like, it seems like if you're not white, everybody has a problem with calling you American. But if you're white, you're automatically just American. But if you're not, everything oh African American, Asian American, it's like they don't make it feel like we're actual Americans. Whereas if you leave this country and go somewhere else, they call us all Americans. They don't say, oh, you're black or you're but, African. But her, 
her parents aren't American. You know, to me, it's about your heritage, right? Is her heritage? But that's why you put Jamaican American or Indian American. Like that's why if you're born here to me, you're American because it's not a race. It's like. But to me, you would be Jamaican American if one of your parents was Jamaican and one of your parents were American. Her parents are Jamaican and Indian. They're not American at all. Isn't this the same thing we did to Obama? (laughs) <laughs> well we didn't want to call him a, we didn't want to call him a, a citizen is this is the same thing no he, she could very much be a citizen there's no way she so what's the big thing about her being american do you care about american values at that point bro i have a president in office right now who said grab him by the pussy man like what values that's are we talking about at this point that's as american as hip-hop music right there. okay but it's like who, <laughs> Everybody got to stop with this value shit because, like, nobody's following these values anymore. We're not sitting down at 5 o'clock for dinner, family dinners anymore. We're not doing all this stuff that is the American values that used to be back in the 60s. Like, it's okay to have somebody with different views. I don't know. It's different when they're lawmakers, though, because, like, you see, uh, what's her name in Minnesota? Iman. Ihan Ihan Omar. Yeah, Yeah, Iman Omar, right? Yeah. She's done a lot of questionable things in support of like Al Qaeda and stuff. Yeah, like I've, that. I've seen I've seen the stuff about her. Uh, it, apparently, her husband is questionable too. I've I've read it all, but right. So like, you start to question if those people have Americans as their best interest. But you're putting her in the Kamala in the same category. She's a she's a congresswoman, isn't she? Man, come on, like Kamala to me is nowhere near that level, like. We're talking about but a they, prosecutor, somebody who knew, who who followed the laws of the country. Yeah, but being a prosecutor is not as big as being a senator. senator but I'm saying you got to have some type of values if you're a prosecutor, a, a district attorney, attorney general. Like, yeah, that's just your value in law and order, not necessarily. She knows American what values. American values are when she's doing all that. I'm pretty sure. I don't know, man. It's it's questionable. Like I said, when you, it it, it I think it is fair to say if you are not from the land. If you're working in that country's government, that it's safe to say that you don't have that that land's interest in mind. Let me say you know, this: you, Do you think Kamala? All right, do you think she catches the same amount of heat if she's like a dark-skinned black woman, born in America? Oh no, her skin color is gonna save her. No, but I'm saying if she's dark-skinned black woman, you think she's American dark, parents? I would her light. Who? No, no, I'm saying if she was a dark-skinned black woman with two American parents, do you think these people would still be saying the same she's not American thing or whatever? The same stuff they're saying now, I think if she was a dark-skinned black woman who was born in America and whose parents were American, I think they'd still be going at her about this American thing. Uh, I don't know. I don't think – I think the Jamaican thing is a front. I think it's a front. I think that's the the one place where I say, you know what, dark-skinned women are treated differently. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Way different. But but she's getting – But but Kamala's getting hated on as light as a light-skinned woman because she's Jamaican. I'm saying that same hate would have been if she was dark-skinned and American. That's all I'm saying. It would have been the same hate. So her being American, I'm not sure if it plays a role because we know how a dark-skinned black woman from America would have been treated. It would have been the same. They would have been attacking her. I don't know. I think I think it is fair. I think it is fair to push that when you are a person who is in government, because you know you're writing laws at this point. What what American values did Donald Trump have? <laughs> we don't even know if he's a Christian. This man claims that he reads the Bible every day and can't give us a single Bible verse. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out what values he got that make everybody feel like, oh, he's such a great guy. You want to know what's funny? I was talking to this girl on Bumble 
a couple weeks ago. <laughs> right? And we had a great conversation, but she was like super religious. Like oh. one of those, like if you're not into the church, no sex before marriage, like just all this. Oh. So you know what I did? Because I said, all right, at some point she's going to find out the, who the real Jared is. <laughs> so I told her, I said, I do a podcast. I know you can't hear this right now, D'Angelo, but I'm, I'm setting off bombs. <laughs> I told her, go listen to my podcast. I said, I have an episode called The State of the Jared. She listened to that episode. And that was like, I don't know if you heard it, but I did an episode like where I just did like a two and a half hour conversation about everything going on in my life. Like a state, yeah. a state of the union, but a state of my life. Yeah. When I tell I you, it. she came back from that episode and said, you know what? I just don't think we're a good fit because your views on sex and all of that is just problematic for me. And then the, after all this about values and all this shit, <laughs> this girl had the nerve to tell me that she was a hardcore Trump supporter. And I'm looking at her like this man said, grab him by the pussy. But me saying that I like sex and that I'm going to, I'm not, I can have sex before marriage. And she's looking at me questionable. But Trump is like got all the values. So then when you bring up the whole value thing, I'm just like, I don't understand how Republicans see that and think he has all these American values that they like, you know, these people who go to church every Sunday and all this and can rock with him the way he talks. But they want to question Kamala because she's her parents weren't born in America and they don't know what her values are. And it's like, bro, y'all know y'all don't give a damn about no values. Don't just stop lying about the value part. Y'all give a damn about your interests, all right? Maybe abortion and whatever else, but these other values that people claim to be caring about, they don't care about. They don't. And that girl stopped talking to me after she listened to that state of Jared. That's funny. Yeah. She realized, you know what? <laughs> this dude out there. <laughs> I kept telling her too, though. The funny thing is, I kept saying, I said, look, I'm not as churchy as you think. I, I watch on YouTube. I got some pastors I like. I like T.D. Jakes. I like John Gray. I named a few. But I said, I'm probably not all the way where you are because she's talking about trying to serve in the church and do all that. And I was like, bro, I'm probably not there. I'm probably on a different level than you. But then I told her, because I always tell girls about my podcast, you know, I'm trying to get my listeners up. So I was like, yo, go listen to the state of Jared if you want to know like a little bit more about me. That's what I tell people now because I feel like that's a good, uh, it's a good idea, a good you know, a measuring stick of where I'm at. So she listened to it and it was a wrap. <laughs> but I say all that to say, like, when people talk about values and them are like, yo, I love Trump and then want to judge me on stuff I say. It's like, how? I mean, it's like I said, it's important. I think the value thing when you talk about being a world leader is important. You know, it it's, it's the reason why people hate Trump. They feel like they don't like his values, right? But those are the, the same people who vote for him. The the church going hardcore conservative religious folks will stand by him, even though the values think, are trash. I, I think the religious folks stand more by the conservative values than the Trump values. Like when you say things like abortion is a abortion is bad, that is a that is a religious thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not necessarily a Trump thing. You know what's so, funny? I don't agree with abortion either. I'm pro life and um I tried to say I was feminist on one of my episodes. And after I said the abortion thing, the feminists came to me and were like, bro, we got to kick you out. You ain't one of us. 
So apparently I'm not a feminist, even though I have the same views when it comes to sex as they do. I'm very open. I'm like, hey, y'all feel like y'all can have sex with anybody. I feel the same way. Right. But when I said that, I didn't believe in abortion. Boy, they kicked my ass out. I ain't feminist right. no more. Right. But yeah, I just thought it was interesting about the values thing. I mean, look, if y'all want to question Kamala's values, whatever. I don't have a problem with it. I haven't seen anything that makes me think her values are bad. I don't, I don't see no. her. You know, I, like I said, I still, I, I believe Susan Rice would have been a better candidate, but I think it's interesting that he chose her. I, you know, I, I think, I, I think we're being fed snake oil though. Uh, you know, just, just something about them doesn't seem right as a whole. I think the party for the last three years has been tr- just, doing trick after trick to just try to get Trump out of there, not necessarily establish himself as. And I'll say, yeah, I thought they wasted way too much time on Trump over these last years with the impeachment. I said, look, we got an election to worry about. Y'all need to stop worrying about that damn impeachment and get focused. I didn't like that. So I I think they've been doing, they've been doing so many just tricks and tricks that this, this feels just non-genuine, right? It just feels like another trick. So, I don't know. I, I, like I said, Kamala was my choice in the primary. So for me, I'm happy with it. I just think you didn't pay enough attention. I think Elizabeth Rice didn't Warren run. I liked no, no. I liked Elizabeth Warren, but she was not yeah. a good speaker. Like she just looked nervous when it came to talking on the big stage, and I was worried about her in debates. All of them looked terrible on the big stage. Now nah, Kamala had that one where she when she went like nuclear on Biden. That one she brought up the bus, the segregation thing. Like she 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 came at him a few times. Man, that's terrible. I mean, a lot of people were surprised he picked her after that because they're like, bro, they they've had she was critical of him, which I like right. because she's gonna hold him accountable. We know she's not afraid to hold him accountable. You hope, you hope. I think she will. Um, speaking she, of, oh, go ahead. Do you have anything? Yeah, else? like I said, she seems like a person that just tries to jump to whatever's hot in the media at the time. So she I mean, might lay down because she knows she's closer to getting that, you know, that goal of being president. So time will tell. And I'm a, you know, if, if, if I feel like she's not keeping her foot on the brake on the gas enough, I will call her out. I will call her out. Um, you're from Chicago. I started this, this I'm from pod- the suburb of Chicago. Okay. Yeah, suburbs. North side. Okay. North side. <laughs> I started this podcast off by playing the food, which was common in Kanye West. Mm. Kanye's from Chicago. Uh, Want to get your idea on everything that's going on with him right now? Common South Sider too. They both from South. Oh They're yeah, they are. Street. I thought Kanye was West Side. Nope, they both from the South Side. Okay, but Kanye, do you believe this presidential run is real with him? Do you think he has mental health issues? Like, what do you? What are your opinions on everything we've seen from him so far? And is Chicago does embarrassed he, by him right now? Does he have mental health issues? Yes. Is this presidential thing serious? I think so. I think he. Or does. do you think he's trying to get the the, like take black both votes away like a lot of people are saying i i don't think it's i if you know i don't think it's a trump thing like you know a lot of people are saying that kanye is just secretly working for trump to split the black vote i don't know that sounds a little far-fetched but uh i think i think it is very real to him i think i think he just likes the the gravity of the platform that comes with running with president because so many eyes are on you. And I think he has a, a message that he wants to deliver to the people, you know, whether that lands him the office or not, I think it's just a second, you know, a, a fringe benefit to him. With, with his current level of mental health, would you even trust him in office as a president right now? Uh, 
Because this man looks like he could start a war just if he like wakes up on the wrong side. Of you him. know, I it's hard to say. I would not trust him on foreign policy, no. But I think he is definitely a creative leader. You know, like he it whatever whatever you want to say about Kanye's mental state. The things that he does, he is absolutely great at doing it, right? Like, he has literally brought Adidas out of the gutter, right? He's got his own clothing line. I, it, him and Virgil, he got Virgil going with Louis Vuitton, right? He's, when he gets involved in things, he obviously leads the, that whatever that thing may be, right? His music thing, he started the soul sound, soul sound resurfaces, right? Then he starts to go outside of soul and be unique sound and, and Kanye definitely pushes the needle on unique right so I think if you're talking about a person that could lead change Kanye is definitely really good at that um, and, I, and I think he's shown that now would he be able to negotiate foreign policy I think that's a whole horse of a different color though you know I, I, but I think that's the problem with the office of the presidency I think I think people in general just believe it is something to lead change within our country where the job itself is, I think, more heavily on foreign policy than anything. So um, as far as would he be a good president, I would say probably not. Okay. And you think, like, so you, you said the mental health thing, you don't believe it. Has he dropped the Donda album yet? Has that come out yet? Uh, no. What in the world? I think, is... I think it's definitely on the way, though. And then the crazy thing is, he he's running for president. He campaigned in South Carolina, and then he didn't even make it on the ballot because he didn't turn in the signatures in time. Yeah, something that's odd. So how do I trust this guy that's running for president that can't even get on the ballot? You can't trust him, but I, and yeah, why is I, Chance I the you... rapper going so hard for him right now? You know, I think people just black people are loyal, man. Vote on everything black, right? Support everything black. Yeah, uh, like I'm, I'm with it. I'm with definitely supporting the black businesses. Um, Yelp. I was on Yelp the other day, and actually at the top of Yelp now they got like where you can search for just black businesses. I thought that was pretty cool by them, but yeah, I, I think that's all that is. It's just blind follow. You know. <laughs> That's the that's the thing that we do. We, we gotta we get. I, I want to support the black businesses, but like the way this economy's going, we got to get all these businesses about out the, the <laughs> gutter soon because they are all falling, bro. Wahlburgers then went out of business down here. Uh, the clothing store I heard Justice is going out of business. And wait, you said Whataburger's down? Wahlburger, Mark Wahlburger's thing. Oh, oh Wahlburger. Yeah, nah, Whataburger. We don't even have. You know, Whataburger went out of business in Orlando. We don't have that here anymore. Wow. That's a Texas thing. When I was in Texas last year, that is on like They're every corner. Yeah. That, and Jack in the Box. Yes. Whataburger. Uh, yeah. Like you said, Jack in the Box was over there. Um, in and out was in Dallas. Yeah. A few of those out there. Um, yeah, there was, some, there was some cool stuff out there, man. But yeah. Did you have you been keeping up with this NBA? Yeah. What do you what do you think about uh Damian Lillard being clutch? I know there's been a lot of talk about this. Skip Bayless has been going kind of hard. Dame dropped sixty one last night. I knew I knew you was gonna get onto this because you're a Portland player. I am Dame Damian Lillard is definitely a clutch player. Would I say he is the best point guard in the NBA? I don't know. I mean, but, well, nobody's going that far. We're just saying is he clutch or not? Because Skip won't even call him clutch, and it's like, bro, he's knocked out Paul George out the playoffs. He's taken. James Harden out. Like, he's not teams out. 
But yeah, he's lost in the. He's been no, swept he's by Golden time. State and stuff like that. And I think it's unfair because we didn't even have Nurkic in that series last year, which is a big upgrade over what big man we had. Ennis Cantor last year. No, I am a hundred percent on your side. He is definitely big time. You don't want him to have the ball with the game in the balance for sure, because uh, as an opposing team, because he he'll send you home. Yeah, he's been playing I, out of his mind at Disney right now. He, yeah, but I think you know I'm I'm very conflicted about the Portland Trailblazers myself. Right? Why? Uh, well, you know, CJ got like the crack vertebrae right now, or some crack in his back. Oh, uh, that's bogus. Yeah. It, you know, I think, you know, I'm a Lakers fan, right? And of course, I'm a, I, I am a diehard on this LeBron James thing. Like I'm on, the, I'm on this ride until it runs, right? Until it runs off the road. But I am definitely one of, I think, one of the saddest, most heartbreaking stories in NBA history is the evolution and career of Carmelo Anthony. And I think it is unfortunate that. If you know it's hot and it's fire that the Blazers are right now, at some point in time they're going to have to come across the Lakers, and then I'm going to have to you know be against them, you know. But yeah. I, I I wish the Lakers would have picked up Melo, but he looks good I, right I, now. I, the Blazers are they are cooking for sure. I I, I think it's unfortunate that you know they got to come against the King at one point in time. Well, but. they got to beat Brooklyn tomorrow. If they beat Brooklyn tomorrow, they are locking up the eighth seed and they're doing the play in for the. Playoffs versus nope, the Knights. No, and I think they definitely gonna kill Brooklyn. They should kill Brooklyn, but as a Blazer fan, yeah. I always know not to get too excited because we are the Blazers and we can find a way to mess this up. But I, I think the only thing they've been hurting themselves with, to be honest, is the fact that they've been all going thirty-five plus minutes a night. Yeah, I think defensively is, they've been a little rough too. They're yeah, giving up a lot of points. Dame is lot. playing over thirty-five. I think Dame's playing like forty a night. Forty, yeah. Him and him and CJ at forty. Now but CJ's they, hurt, got, so they got Melo at thirty-five or something like that. I think, I think where that becomes detrimental is that if they get the AFC, which they're probably going to do, they're going to be on a different level of fatigue than others. You yeah, know but I mean? that Laker Blazer matchup, man, that's what everybody wants to see. That's the first that's, round matchup everybody wants to see. I don't want to see that. I don't ever want to see it. I, I would am, love to see I that matchup. Very, I'm very uh, sad. That I need Melo to get a ring. You know, I, ah, I think that man. needs to happen. Yeah, that'd be dope. That'd be dope. That'd be dope if the Blazers could magically win the championship this year, man. I mean, I know everybody would try to asterisk it or asterisk, whatever it's called, but I would, I would, yeah. I would accept it. I wouldn't yeah, that, even argue with y'all would, on that. That would be dope. And, and you know, I, it's same thing with Chris Paul. Like, it's very sad. He has definitely brought OKC out of the depths. You know what I mean? Yep. They are, they are hottest fish grease, but at some point in time, they got to see the king. And, and the freaking Phoenix Suns who don't want to lose a game. <laughs> the Phoenix Suns. But if Memphis and Portland win tomorrow, the Suns did all that for nothing. They still ain't going to make it. I think Memphis is out of there. They don't got enough juice. All they got to do is win one game. If they win tomorrow, they're in the playoffs. They're in if they who, win. Who they who do they play? Not the playoffs. They're uh oh, um, who do they play? Milwaukee. Oh, or is that Phoenix? Okay. Somebody plays Milwaukee, but Antetokounmpo suspended now for headbutting Morris Wagner. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I seen that clip too. Why? No. Why okay, and then that? the Spurs play the Jazz. Blazers play the Nets. You said that. You said net tomorrow. 
They, they play the Bucks. They play the Bucks without Antetokounmpo. Oh, so they might got a chance. Wait, one of them plays the Bucks. I gotta look it up now because yeah, I'm not sure. Memphis. Memphis plays the Bucks. Oh, they do. Okay, then Phoenix has Dallas, I believe. Yeah, Phoenix, Phoenix has Dallas. Yep, Phoenix has Dallas. Yeah. Okay, that's. I mean, those are neither of those games are tough unless teams start resting people. But damn, it's gonna be a while. And then the Blazers get the the night game. So by the time the Blazers play, they'll know if they even have to play the starters or not. If those teams all win out, the Blazers got to beat Brooklyn, no doubt. If they all lose, the Blazers don't, they're gonna get the eighth seed or they'll get the play in as the eighth seed. So I think I think they're gonna win. I, I think the Blazers are do way, way too good right now to lose. So. I hope so. I, I, think, I think they're. I think they're in it. If they lose, think, I'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> I think the one thing that I'm, you know, I've had a lot of people talking to me about the Nets next year when they are full, full go. I don't know, man. I don't know if if KD and Kyrie are going to work together. That's yeah. I don't know either. I don't know. Two two strong personalities. Both seem to need the ball in their hands. I don't know, but I mean, Kevin Durant has proven that he can play as a team player. I yeah, don't he that, doesn't really need it's, the ball. It's, it's Kyrie that guy, you know what I mean? Questionable with Kyrie. It's very questionable, man. We're going to find out what happens tomorrow. Oh, before I let you go, though, do you want to say anything about what's going on with this college football season right now? With all these conferences starting to cancel or claiming they're going to come back in the spring, do you think this is feasible? Do you think the SEC is going to be hard-headed and still try to play? Because I do. I think it's, you know, I think they they might be hard-headed and still try to play, but I think it's just stupid. It's stupid, but do you, can you imagine the SEC with these Alabama fans not going without football this fall? No, I feel like they're going to be hard-headed and, and, and try to play. Yeah, they, they, I think they're going to try to push it too, but I think, I think what makes it stupid is that you're basically having a competition when nobody else is around, right? So why why do it? You know, there's no national championship at that point. But do you believe the big, they're either the ones that canceled already? Do you believe they'll be back in the spring? Or do you think it's just like over for this year? Uh, you know, I think they're going to they play spring. You know, football players play football all year round in college anyway. So I think they're going to launch like normal. But then how does that mess up the different. next season on starting on time? Good know. question. It's going to. I feel bad for the kids. They, they're losing out on valuable time. I feel like you got to just erase the season. Because I feel like the only reason the NBA is working is because they have a bubble. I think without a bubble, you cannot – it's not going right. to work. You right. see MLB Absolutely. now, they're catching the virus like every day. Yeah, I, I wonder how they're going to keep those kids eligible over this time period. The question. No, I think you got to roll the eligibility over. Everybody should get that year back. Yeah, I'm talking about with their grades. Oh, I think I think a lot of them might be on a like we got to hurry up and play because I don't know if we're gonna be able to keep this kid. For I didn't even years, think about you know that. What I mean? What's the motivation gonna be to go to class if you're not playing football? They're not even doing class, right? No, nah, they're supposed to be doing online still. Yeah, you expect this cat to do online? I didn't even think about that. I did not. Right? The great, a lot of grades are gonna fall. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. A lot of grades gonna fall, man. Wow, it's gonna it's gonna be crazy. Wow, this is going to be interesting to see what happens, man. Um, did the a- I don't know if the AAC did anything yet. I know Temple, I don't know if they're going to have a season. UCF and all them. I don't think so. I know right now the Big East is out. Uh, the Big Ten's out. The Pac-12 is out. The MAC conference is out. I haven't heard any other conferences. Do you know yeah, any there's others? No, there's no football. No, that don't sound, that sound like that's no football going to happen. Well, they all claim they're just going to play conference games now. 
I'm, I'm more, you know, what's more concerning to me, or something that's more interesting. What do you think about? Uh, I think college football is dead, and I think the NFL is going to die too. I've been saying that football as a whole would be extinct in 50 years, yeah, just yeah, because of the for, head injuries. Yeah, just as at least for this year, they're going to be out of there, right? But what do you think about um, the WNBA launch, though? Do you? Think They've been playing at IMG out there in Bradenton. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I, I'm really confused at why this is having such a hard time. Shaq, Shaq proposed a real good thing one day. He said. He thinks the one difference between the WNBA and the NBA is the ability to dunk. I don't right? like that. Said, I don't like they that. Said the, they said the ability to dunk is what makes the NBA more exciting. I've right? heard you this. Can, you can attack the rim more aggressively. Lowering the rims. I've heard the argument. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think about that? You think that would actually increase if you lower the rims and you get no. more than just Candace Parker dunking? No. I think the people who like it are going to watch, and the people who don't will wa- will not watch regardless of how high the rims are. Would do you watch WNBA games? I have not, but I haven't really watched an NBA game since the restart either because I'm my work schedule right now. I've just catch highlights uh, and stuff, but um, oh, I've been watching the game. I so feel like women's stuff. college basketball is more popular than the WNBA, so I don't think it's the rim. Hmm. UConn, like the big good teams in college, they get you think they give you think it's more popular? Yeah, I think women's college basketball is more popular than the WNBA. Now, the thing I don't like is this argument about. Why are the women making this much compared to the men when if you yeah, understand right. economics and how it works, like it's pretty simple why the NBA players make millions of dollars and why the women don't. It's yeah. not a sexist thing. It's just about your league bringing in money. It's about TV contracts. Uh, my, my friend pointed out the, the women's collective bargaining agreement to me, which is terrible. It's like an 80-20 split <laughs> with the owners yeah. getting like 80%. So, yeah, that's part of the reason why they don't make as much. And, and it's funny – because that, that same argument came up with the World Cup team, right? The U- Women's USA World Cup team. Now, I do think women's soccer is probably a little bit more popular than, like, WNBA. They, they, they at least win, right? They are at least winners, but is it more popular? I pay more attention. More revenue? Uh, no, no, I ain't going to say I pay more attention to the women, but I know when it comes to, like, gymnastics, I pay more attention to the women. Yeah, sure. And, and volleyball. Volleyball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Anything where they have uh, right that tennis, where you are. tennis. I pay more attention to the women than the men. Sure. Um, young, the young girls control it. Naomi. Yeah. Shout out to Naomi Osaka. Shout out to Sloan Stevens. Shout out to Taylor Townsend. I follow all of them on Twitter. I, I get. I, I, I mean, I, on Instagram. <laughs> Naomi got to the top real fast. I, I She's been like, struggling lately, though. She yeah, has not been feel- dominating anymore. I feel like Serena was playing out of her mind for like 10 years and they kept her at number two. I don't understand how this young, young girl got the number one so fast. I think she's not number one anymore because she's lost a couple of times after that. I don't think she's back. She was number one for a while, but I think she lost it. Well, yeah, the WNBA, (laughs) honestly, I'll say one thing I like that they're doing. They stopped playing in the, the NBA arenas and they started building arenas that were more suitable to them with smaller like crowds, like a, now they're playing their games in like the five to seven thousand seat arenas. I guess in Chicago it would be like the Allstate one. Um, in in Washington D.C. they they built a specific arena for WNBA. So going to a smaller, more intimate environment, I think helps. You're not probably you're not renting out a large arena with higher costs for operations. You know, you're saving money there. 
and it's just a more intimate crowd. You could probably try to get a better fan base in there when it's a smaller arena or try to entice fans to come in to a more intimate environment to me than trying to get them in a 20,000-seat arena. Mm-hmm. And I, I just know, think man. TV money and, like I said, this the CBA. They got to redo that CBA, which I heard. I heard their CBA is up after, I think, this year. So try to get more of an even split, and then, yeah, that'll help. And then TV money. Get your games on, on more uh, national broadcast TV. Try to get them on, like, ABC, CBS. You know, they're not on those channels. It's like ESPN. Yeah, but pretty soon they're going to have to compete with the NBA, though. Play the games talking- on uh, Saturdays. Play the games when the NBA isn't playing. Like, college football acquiesces to NFL. Like, so, do that. So, they, they had a niche at first, right? They only play over the summer. But the NBA is talking about adjusting the season so that they don't have to compete with the NFL, right? Oh, so yeah. They, they, they want to start the season later. And if they do, that's going to put the the championship rounds going to be in August, right? Well, if the July, NBA moves August. to the summer, WNBA needs to move to about March then. Right. Find you a in spot March, where nobody's playing. You can't play no basketball in March. Why There's not? No way. Why not? The March March Madness tops everything. Okay, April then, like the end of March Madness. Start your WNBA season. NBA is not starting until about June or July then. No, the NBA oh, wait. will be playing through June. They oh, they want to start in December. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay, so yeah, NBA yeah. is taking all the free time. Yeah. They're taking the summer. Okay, I get it now. So that that would be taking, and then on top of that, uh, baseball starts in March. So Bro, baseball's done. <laughs> you think nobody's watching the WNBA? Who you think is watching baseball? <laughs> That's for I baseball is like Arby's. I don't know if I've ever made this comparison. <laughs> well, you drive by Arby's all the time, you see two cars in that parking lot, and you wonder how they're still in business. <laughs> two cars, one of them is staff. Yes, and you watch baseball TV, and there's about 15 fans in the stands. You know a lot of people ain't watching on TV, and you wonder how these players are getting $300 million contracts. <laughs> it's the same equivalent, bro. I wonder where the money is coming from with baseball. The TV money can't be this great, can it? I guess. It's insane, man. It's insane I, how baseball. I mean, how you can I mean, find I, money for baseball players, but we can't find money for WNBA players. I mean, I live in a town where baseball, the, the team don't even got to be good to sell out. I, I'll so, give you that. Baseball in the northern states up there or Midwest, whatever you want to call it is popular because y'all I feel like don't have as much stuff to do like but when you're in Miami the last thing you try to do is go to a baseball game that's why Miami don't have no fans at their games like baseball in the south just don't work the Tampa Bay Rays I've been saying for years the Rays it's only a matter of time before the Rays move to Portland they're not staying in Tampa Bay or St. Petersburg you think so it's not working they tried to move to Ybor City and it got shut down because the mayor of Ybor was like bro y'all ain't bringing all that traffic over here They have no stadium plan right now. Once their lease runs out at the trop, they're gone. Baseball yeah. is just not a southern thing to me. Like it doesn't work in the south. Yeah, it's pretty that's pretty rough. It's but like yeah, hockey. No, we, hockey don't really work in the south either. You say Atlanta then try to get a hockey team in, it lasted for like two years. True. Although the lightning do do they do they get a good fan base, but I don't think yeah, baseball I'm, works down here. I'm in the land of the Cubs, so you know, we get we get people. At, even if we don't, it, it's about being in Wrigley and being in Wrigley. Yeah, I mean, Hill. when yeah, I lived in, they don't even yeah. get them. <laughs> when I lived in Philly, it was a big deal to go to baseball games too. But it's like here, we don't care about baseball like that. We got too much to do. The weather's always good. Like, 
Right. But we want to go to the, the beach, not a baseball game. That's the worst part about it. Y'all got the good weather. Well, we it's too much play. rain, though, for baseball here in the summer. They would need, like, you got to have the retractable roofs here. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, we get ice. If we make it to the end, we get to play in ice and cold. Yeah, but I just feel like in the up north, you don't have as much going on in your your cities. Like, you don't have a be- Well, you guys have, a I guess, the lake or whatever, but. Yeah, we, we got, got beaches, money. we got theme parks. It's like, bro, baseball like, got too much six, to compete with down we, here. Our Six Flags Great America, is the, you can't beat that. We got Disney, SeaWorld, Universal. We got freaking Legoland, bro. We got a million things. SeaWorld. You oh. Know SeaWorld, SeaWorld been out ever since they got rid of Tilikum. Yeah, and I don't know if you've heard, but Disney and Universal are struggling right now. They, sure. they can't even fill the parks 25% right now. With the, They got the little... The restriction, like only certain amount of people can go, and they're not I'm even sure. hitting that number. And they're saying they're losing so much money because it's costing so much for the staff. It's about to get ugly here with a lot of layoffs coming at these parks. I'm sure. I'm sure. Because it's not, they're not, they're offering, Universal was the other day was offering a buy one, get the rest of the year free ticket. Wow. It's bad. <laughs> Bro, it's bad right now. It's bad. I think they've had, the Universal is supposed to be building a new theme park like a Nintendo theme theme park. And I think they've kind of put the brakes on that one right now where it's not going, that's it's not be, under construction. That's going to be awesome. We're about to see so much change in this world, man. That's why I keep telling people like it's, it's going to change. It's, the Co- the COVID, normal is not normal anymore. Yeah. COVID definitely changed things, but it's a reset. We're getting a hard reset, you know, on your computer where you just got to press the button down and <laughs> restart. <laughs> that's what we're getting on the world right now. Right. But, yo, D'Angelo, I want to thank you for coming on, man. Every time you come on, I know we're going to have a good conversation. We're, we're over an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, my God. You can catch That's two episodes. Well, I didn't do one last <laughs> week, so hopefully this makes up for it, man. And like I said, I appreciate you coming on. Give you a little applause there. Yeah, I that, always a great conversation. I always know you're going to offer good insight. And um, I like that we don't agree on everything. I like that we can give a little banter back and forth. and. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, man, you already know how it is. I'm still waiting for real talk from the cheap seats. I don't know what's going on with that. I got I to gotta get back on it, man. I've been slacking. You have, man. You need motivation. I see you making beats on Instagram now. Yeah, I, I, see, I see Richard Rivers making beats. I'm Shout saying, out to Richard. He sent me some beats. I told him I might, I'm might. i ready to drop something because I don't know what Domain's doing right now. So I said, send them uh, to me. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. So what's that? You rap now? You rap? I'm about to just see what I can do. I'm going to try to get creative and, and see what I can do with it, but. He emailed me some last week, so I got to go through. How listen. many did he send you? I think he sent me two. I asked for two that I seen him post that I liked. That oh, were like my were. type of vibe. That like laid back Mac Miller type of vibe. I was like, send me those. All right. I'll send you, I'll send you one. The other one is not original. I mean, it's original. I did it, but it's been done before. You know what I'm saying? So right. usually when I, when I test my skills, when I try to see where I'm at creatively and, and my skill-wise, my ear. I think you posted I to, one that I said send me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you, you like them both, but one of them was a beat that's been used before. Oh. My beat used it. I just, I just happened to. Oh, like I remember I, it. Yeah, I remember that one. When I, when I practice, I try to test my ear by seeing if I can recreate something that has already occurred. And so I found that sample. I stumbled across that sample that he, that Alchemist used, and I was like, oh, here we go. And the beat, the beat sounds exactly the same as that my beat sound, but. You know, that's just the way that I practice, you know, see if I can recreate it. I got another oh, one. That's, okay. I got another one that sounds just like De La Soul. I got 
I got another one where I found a sample to that song uh, by Big Kick in the Door, Wave in the Four Four. Yep. Yeah, I got that one too. You know, so that's just how I practice to see if I if I had the original sound. You know, a lot of cats think they're nice making beats, but even if you give them the, the ingredients, they can't necessarily cook up, the, you know, that hit, you know. So that's how I just test myself. If I found the sample and had no other sound that that other producer had, could I still recreate that track? And now, you know, I get pretty close most of the time. But that other one, I can send, you know, I'll send it to you, see what you do with that. Yeah, send it to my email. You got my email. Um, And yeah, man, I've, I'm watching you guys. I like that you and Richard are starting to get creative again it's it's motivating me to get a little creative and like i said yeah, i don't he, know what domain's doing so i was like send me the beats i'll do i'll see what i could do it's nerve-wracking because i don't usually play my you know my music for the world like i that. was surprised that you did yeah i saw that yeah. one night i'm like what is this guys are we here making beats live everybody's just putting their beats out i thought the yeah. beat makers don't like sharing their beats with the world but i don't know i guess I, that's a new thing it, it is a very vulnerable thing because you put it out there you know, when it's in here in my, you know, in my studio, I'm just me. I, it's hot. You know what I'm saying? I can say it's hot. Yeah. I can say I'm nice and making beef, but the moment you put it out there, you open yourself up to somebody else's opinion, you know? So it's it's a very, a very humbling experience. Yeah, man. But hey, you're doing a good job with it. And Richard too. Like I said, I like, I like the beats I was hearing. I, I'm always like, yo, send it to me. So if I say send it to me, that means I like it. Um, I'll send it. I'll send you one. Man. I'm gonna see what I can do. I don't have the proper recording thing. Like you know, I, re I record on Audacity, so I'll see what I can. I don't even know. Oh how to... man, I, I'd rather you record to that podcaster with the. I do on Audacity. The... I, re I record my podcast on Audacity. You know, oh. it messed up today. I think it cut a couple things off. I'm gonna have to go back and. You gotta upgrade. I gotta fix it up. I know I might buy a Adobe Audition at some point, but my Audacity was working good. I think the problem today is I had like freaking web browser up while i was recording and i think it caused it to pause a little bit so are you on pc are you on a pc or a mac pc i can't record oh. with like firefox open anymore so. mm. but I, I mean i'm pretty good at the editing so i'm gonna have to go back and see where it cut us off and it wasn't too much we got all the main points in but right i might have to touch right, it well, up a little bit hit me up like i'm probably gonna be following along with this race this presidential race because uh, I, I kind of watch it on a night-to-night -night basis. So yeah, we're going to come. definitely want to come back and talk more about it as we move forward. Uh, this was kind of just the introduction to the Kamala pick and just getting a, a quick reaction on it. Um, after the debates and all that, I'll have more to say. And after I read a, bit, a little bit more on her record, yeah, let's definitely do dive deeper into it because I already posted an article today on Facebook that the opinion piece of, of the um, the former, what was it, the public defender that that endorsed her so i'm sure my facebook is on fire right now i gotta go back and check that right oh boy well yeah yeah let's do let's do it all I'll right man up. all right i appreciate hey, you me, coming on too what do what you say yes. send me your email again just in case i i, I might have it but I'm, I'm not sure so send it to me again okay i was gonna say it online but i don't want everybody to have it because i already get a lot of spam right <laughs> um shout out to your instagram if you want them to follow you i don't know if you you want your beats heard or if you want to stay stay low with that right now but if you want to i mean I, I do twitter at um what is my you know uh d underscore ambrosi a-m-b-r-o-s-s-i and uh my instagram should be the same actually uh yeah d underscore ambrosi yep so oh. check him out hit him with a follow
I got a couple loyal listeners, so maybe one of them will hit you with a follow. I'm still trying to build up my fan base, trying to get my little hive. I, I still haven't come up with a good nickname for the hive, but uh, when I do, I will announce it like Joe Biden announced his pick. So Stay tuned. That's what's up. Shout out to D'Angelo. Thank you again. All right. And we will keep in touch. That's what's up. Stay safe out there, man. You too. All right. Bye. Peace. That was D'Angelo, man. Shout out to my boy, man. We had a great conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. A lot of VP talk, a lot of Kamala talk. We gave our opinions. He gave his. I gave mine. You know, we don't always agree. But I do, I do enjoy our conversation because I feel like me and D'Angelo can have an intelligent conversation and we can talk about some issues. Um, and if anybody else wants to come on and talk about it, you're more than welcome to hit me up uh, at JLaw Radio on Twitter, at Beyond the Glory on Instagram. We talked about Damian Lillard and his great performance last night. So I'm going to end this show um, with a Damian Lillard track. This is called Moneyball. It is featuring the, not the dream, Jeremiah and uh, somebody else. I forgot his name, but check out the song. It's called Moneyball. Damian Lillard. Dame Dalla. This is Keeping It Real with Jerry Lawrence. I'll be back next week. Took it over. A lot of foreign talk, but dreaming up on the sofa. Let the seat back, I'm leaning all in the rover. Make a lot of chips, life is a game of poker. I be out, sending shots on some lovey dovey. Ha ha Davis to the bank, I got money, money. Celebrities playing rich, just a bunch of junkies. And you know what it mean if you see me getting chunky. I own homes and cars, and I only fly private. Pull up to the plane, pilots high fiving. Nigga gotta add his own sky mileage. Keep my son in the finest, and all fly shit. Really got it, so it's nothing you can say to me oh and i ain't losing sleep for you suckers hating me oh being 10 toes down never wavering see my prayers thank the man for how he favor me Flexing, but they never seen a gym. But they never seen a gym. Bitch. 
Always been ten toes down when it came to hell's, I took it to the chin. I'm playing with big racks, I feel like pocket butter rim, feel like pocket butter.